Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval and check out my podcast Conversations with Unc on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. No fighting in the bleachers. <laughs> or an update on the rat that is now inhabiting the ivy in the Wrigley bleachers. Yeah, I we, mean, there's lots of stuff we, going yeah, we, on. We couldn't get that rat story like before we went off the air last nah, night. I know really? it was too bad. Well, I you mean, sent it to me at midnight. Yeah, I'm like, we're off the air for yeah, an hour. but rat stories always rats play. Yeah, no, People like stories about rats. You know, we should have we should have a rat podcast. <laughs> we should ranking the, week the best rats. the weekend rats as related to sports entities. No, but uh, Jacob DeGrom tonight, again, continues on a season that no one in the history of the game has had, and maybe we'll hear his strikeout, or maybe it's the butt fumble. DeGrom, glove in front of his face, into the windup. Here's the payoff pitch. 
in there, strike three called. He got him with a slider. Strikeout number 10 for Jacob DeGrom. He is at 110 pitches through eight innings. Mets Radio Network on the call. That was the night for Jacob DeGrom. I see you in your paltry 300 strikeouts, Max Scherzer, and raise you a two-hit, three-nothing shutout, eight innings, lowering my ERA to 1.70. Nobody, I mean, really, in the history of Major League Baseball, that that's what I keep going back to is that so many things and numbers that come out there, it's like, you know, how much what numbers mean something when you take a look in so-and-so's war, when you compare it over a course of 10 years, it compares to Mickey Mantle's war from 51 to You know, it's really hard, but that's something pretty easy. No one in the history of the game has had a year like this. Jacob DeGrom throwing the baseball. Well, and, it, and it cuts through for uh, a number of reasons, you know, not just because of your Mets fandom, because obviously we, we start with that exuberance uh, because of your Mets fandom. Not the celebration of America's Jake, past Jake, time. Jake, 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 right? Jake, Jake, It's not the Jake, celebration. Jake, Jake, oh, look, baseball, baseball, baseball. No, 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 no. If, well, if you could talk, big, no, but if you could talk big, about the Jets, you'd be clubbing me over the head with a Jet story. In this case, it's a Mets guy. We do have a Jet story later. I know. There's plenty of those still circulating around. But one of the things to also take into account is just how much the game has changed through through the years of how pitchers are used how many starts pitchers get. Right Back in the day, you see how many guys were coming out every fourth day, mm-hmm. pitching a full nine innings, and they'd get up and do it again. With the specialization, a lot of it goes through. And I know we, you know, we were talking with Rob Parker, uh, he and Chris Broussard, uh, preceding us on, on the network, and, and he's a Hall of Fame voter. And one of the considerations, always people get caught up in wins. And it's like, no, 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 that, that died. Even before Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young, I would argue that it died as soon as bullpen but, but specialization. That was, but that was when everybody well, no, that, saw it. No, okay, that was it. That was the big 20, spike. He doesn't yeah. win the Cy Young. That was the one. Yeah, I think moment. if you were really paying attention, you'd already seen the shift. But that was the thing that really made it uh, obvious to everybody that it was a new world order in terms of how you evaluated the different metrics for a pitcher. Quality starts and all that became far more important than whether he walked away with a win or a loss, given that – in most cases, if you're if you're getting a guy pitching seven innings a start, I mean, hell, you you've got bonus time, right? I mean, how many <laughs> staffs have two guys that can do that with regularity, and then three through five, it's a crapshoot whether they get through five. So, just to look at what Degrom did over the course of this year, just flat out amazing, ridiculous numbers all the way through. I still look at. Max Scherzer and, and getting to 300 strikeouts. That's no easy task anymore. No, that's, that's something. Right? Just, again, a guy going out and being able to go deep into games, and even if he doesn't go, go deep into a game, still dominating to that level. But the Jacob deGrom, all the splits are just absolutely absurd. And to, to keep doing it, and, and I you know don't want to bury his team. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, <laughs> is, is that you know you're getting absolutely no support. None. Zero going out there. The the fact that he's been their leading hitter in most of his starts. Yeah. But that's his problem. That's not his. Uh, yes, it is. How is that his problem? You said twenty nine games. He's done amazing stuff. Twenty nine games. Twenty nine right? games. Twenty eight of them were meaningless. No, not to the other teams. Meaningless baseball. Not to the you other can't teams. Can't be the Cy Young when all your games are meaningless. Sure you can. You I'm, cannot. Sure you can. It's meaningful to the other team you're playing against. It's meaningful. No, to them. not if you don't even win them. It's meaningful to the Braves tonight. They're trying for home field in the National League. It's meaningful to the Braves. 
meaningful to everybody. Okay, so his first meaningful one all year and, was and tonight. When you look at the two guys he's up against, neither of them are going to the playoffs. Look, and Scherzer's not going to the playoffs. Three hundred strikeouts. Yeah, right, okay, but on that, the larger that's been done. 16 other times. Right, but on the larger scale, you're also looking at, if we're, we're going to play this with DeGrom, it's like let's rip away all the awards from Mike Trout because he hasn't had a meaningful at-bat in his career. So, you know, we go all the way, except for the All-Star games because then he wins a truck or a cool car. <laughs> and we get technology and, and we stuff, got our yeah. technology and stuff because of it. So we have that. But if we're going to... We're going to do that on, on a grand basis going through in terms of what was meaningful. Where do you flip the, the switch as to, all right, right about here is where they stopped being competitive and they gave up and waved the white flag. Because I'd really like to see teams do that. I mean, we, we all have our points in the season where we decided that that's probably the case. But if we can actually have a ceremonial waving of the white flag saying from here on out, we're, we're just playing out the, the string. Flag. It's over for us. We're done. I mean, we did it in Chicago. I mean, there were more people for dog night at the ballpark yesterday than we'd seen for most of the White Sox starts. 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca. Mike, at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend Mike Harmon. A big night in Major League Baseball as it's coming down to it in the National League for the final playoff spots, Brewers and the Cardinals. 2-1, to one, Brewers with the lead as the Cardinals bat in the bottom of the eighth inning. We have the Dodgers have a one nothing lead right now over the Diamondbacks, top of the second. And the Colorado Rockies, speaking of pitching achievements, we have this to bring you. Oh, Frostburg! <laughs> oh, subject Frostburg. to Subject to network blackout, is oh. that what that is? <laughs> if I can't get the Dodger game, oh. you can't get the Rocky game. <laughs> Upset Dodger fan, Justin Frostburg does not want to give you what right now is outside of Jacob DeGrom. The Rocky highlights don't count tonight unless they lose, guys. Uh, but the game's going on still. I mean, it, America it needs though? to know. Yeah, America needs to know. All right, keep refreshing that box score. They, le- they lead the Phillies 2 to nothing, but that's not the story. The story of this game wasn't the first batter who came up for the Phillies and struck out. Wasn't the first two batters. Not two. Not three. Not, not four. four. Not five. The first eight not batters three, came three, to bat for the Phillies four, tonight, and they all went down on strikes. Got this hitter down 0-2. He's got his sign. Here comes his 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Got him as well. Make it eight straight with strikeouts for Marquez to start this ball game tonight against Philadelphia. Eight straight to start the game right now, bottom of the fifth inning, and Marquez has 10 strikeouts as the Rockies are batting. They lead the Phillies two to nothing. 10 through five, he has an outside chance at the Major League Baseball record. Now, eight to start the game, ties a record to start the game. Oh, by the way, who's the guy that had eight in a row to start the game? Oh, yeah, Jacob Who? DeGrom. Who? Jacob DeGrom and Who? Jim DeShays. What's that got to do with anything? Saying the two, I'm just uh, saying, do you want to celebrate Jim Deshays? Full circle. No, we'll we'll celebrate Jim Deshays. Oh, I, I can't say Jacob we already DeGrom. no, we already did him. Why can't? But it comes. We, uh, you already kissed his butt. Back to him. No, Everything no, no. You kissed his ass enough for the first part of this show. Yeah, America really doesn't care about Degrom. The the re, listen, they, Jim Deshays. Everybody, there well, you go. Yeah, really, they care more about. And the Mets, nothing. <laughs> uh, and the record, of course, for most strikeouts in a row in a game is ten held by Tom Seaver of the New York Mets. So, again, everything comes back to Jacob DeGrom. Does everybody really remember him as a Met, though? Tom Seaver? 
No. Of course they do. He won the Who? World Series. He won his 300th with the White Sox. Oh, come on. I mean, what, he, did a you not sweaty, see that brilliance? Sweaty Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it was a beautiful. Oh, I celebrated yeah. like it was yesterday. You know how stop, tired stop, that stop. apple is at City Field tonight? <laughs> White it Sox. Went up three times more than any other time this year. White Sox Hall of Famer, Tom Seaver. Uh, Get that thing in asthma spray. Yeah. Look, if you want to take Tom Seaver, fine. He's a, I'll wear my Tom He's Seaver. He's a Cincinnati Red. I should have worn that tonight. I should have worn my Seaver jersey in tonight. But you didn't. No, but I, I should have, though. What did you uh, wear today? What do, what do we got today? Maybe in, in uh, I'm wearing my Def Leppard t-shirt. All right. That's and, a lot yeah. better than a Mets jersey. Uh, uh, maybe because they're upset that Justin Frostberg did not want to give props <laughs> to anything Colorado Rockies. The Rockies just put three more up in the bottom of the fifth inning Allegedly. against the Phillies. They lead it 5 nothing. No, it actually is happening. You can't You're just... looking at the box score. Yeah. yeah you... How do you know ESPN's not messing with you? <laughs> hey, if ESPN goes to fake news, the world is. They ended. told you the Jets would be good. <laughs> it's it's still early. They could still be. It's one. They're one and two. It's not season's not over yet. It's okay. It's how it's happening. It's how it's happening. Hey, hey, now's the time you make that deal. You make that deal for that disgruntled running back, and you turn things around. The East is there. That's what you keep telling me. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. That's what you keep telling me. The AFC East is there for the taking. The Patriots are crumbling. That's what everybody's doing. They're running around. So, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, uh, and oh, by the way, the other big story in Major League Baseball tonight, we're going to get to coming up in 15 minutes because... Get ready to wave goodbye to one of the best players in the game who's going to be at a new location next year. Basically, everybody said it tonight. Oh, I'm by so the excited. way. Well, DeGrom's oh, no, no. getting traded? No, no, no. Uh, uh, pitcher, I said player. This wow, that would have been so in your mind, he's the best player. And yeah, and Tebow will probably be in AAA Syracuse next I'm year. I'm very, very Sweet. excited. So about that's, it. And, and Tebow plays for the Mets, which is where Jacob DeGrom plays. So again, it comes back to the Mets. Well, and yesterday we found out a lot when he sat down with Michael Strahan on his new Good Morning America spinoff show, whatever that's called, mm-hmm. all about what he listens to while he's working out. I get Moana was on the list. Yeah, I really. You're thought, welcome. I really thought Tebow, you would hear, be Christian rock. Like there'd be a lot of striper. No, he did a lot of uh, Sinatra you know, and, and yeah, kind of chill not what stuff. I expected. Though. I heard Tebow's playing quarterback for Clemson this week <laughs> against Syracuse. Yeah, we got to get to that too. Yeah, it's kind of a big quarterbacks, deal. And now the Yay. starting former starting quarterback for Clemson is no longer with the team. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to that huge story in baseball coming up in 15 minutes. But coming up next. It's the Le'Veon Bell soap opera, and it continues with a twist today I got to admit I never saw coming, and it doesn't have to do anything with a potential trade to the Jets, who play in the same city as the Mets, which is where Jacob DeGrom plays. It has nothing to do with the Jets, although it might, but maybe not, but it might, and it's next right here, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you, 15% or more in car insurance. This is the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Listen, Jacob Drum's a Cy Young winner. He's a Cy Young winner. Nobody else can win the Cy Young. Okay. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Is it Def Leppard night because I'm wearing my Def Leppard t-shirt? Yeah, I don't know. Yesterday was national one-hit wonder night. I'm not sure what today is. Oh, oh, it was last night. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know that it should be Def Leppard. Why not? Uh, I'm not not a huge fan. Uh, Why? What happened? Something happened. on my pantheon of it, 80s bands, it, they're not really high. Did, did an ex-girlfriend break up with you and go to a Def Leppard concert with another dude? No. Did she tell your best friend, I want you to pour some sugar on me? I always hated that song. <laughs> Just never made sense. What? Pour some sugar on me. Be sweet to me. Be nice to me. 
Wait, wait. Just, just not uh, a fan. Frostburg, you know why uh, Harmon hates Def Leppard? Yeah, Leppard? there was this one time Joe Elliott never signed his calves. Oh. <laughs> never got over it. Then it would have had tats- tattooed. Yeah, you could have. There you Joe go. I get all the great front men of all time. Yeah, you, got Phil, you got Phil Colognes, Rick <laughs> Allen, Steve Clarks, but Joe Elliott just wouldn't sign the calves. Oh, Refused. Man. You said beat it. That would have been saying, you know, look, now they're a pretty good band. You know, Def Leppard was no, they're fine. They're just... But, boy, I can imagine if they had Vivian Campbell in their heyday, instead of joining, you know, for the last, like, you know, you know, people weren't paying attention, Vivian Campbell's one hell of a guitarist. You know they're at the Forum October 6th, right? October 6th, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I could... That'd be like going back in time. The Saturday, forum... October 6th. Oh, yeah. Come on in, if you will. Trust me, if you hey, want... Hey, if you're out here in Los you, Angeles, you, you want to go to a concert... You can take up DeGrom with you. If I can. I could... DeGrom could be on stage singing. He'll sing Animal. You'd probably gonna... get better tickets than him. Oh, no, stop. Come on, DeGrom is DeGrom. I mean, well, he doesn't have the long hair anymore. Twenty-eight so meaningless starts. What do you guys think? Should we stop, go? Stop! Stop! It'll be like going back in time because going to the forum is like going to a sporting event in, from 1988 because that's what the forum is like. That you can't get all the way around the arena. There's just like uh, cement blocks where they sell the same uh, vending, uh, the same uh, concessions. It's it's popcorn, pizza, pretzels, and nachos, and soda and beer, and that's it. I mean, it's uh, the the forum is awesome. It's so sometimes you okay. It's it. okay to keep it simple. Oh yeah, and you go to see Def Leppard. Yeah, like it's you can squint and think like it's 1988. Man, this is the best. I just have one question for Harmon here. Yeah, hey buddy, you said you hate that band, but then you're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the other night when I he was go uh, check check out a band. That's fine. Yeah, who was it? With the, I've never seen him live. Who, I think it could be interesting. Who was it that you were happy got killed in the early part of the TV show? When I said that the other night, yeah, but they killed that character early. Oh, good. And are you ready for this? You know who's opening up for them. Who's that? At the forum. Tesla. JD and the Straight Shots. <laughs> You're lying. Of course I'm lying. If, it, if that was true, then we'd have to go. He does own the building, though, so you never know. Yeah, you know what? Decide Look, he's going to play a set. I like that. I'll be quite honest. If JD and the Straight Shots is opening, yeah, we're going. <laughs> this is my song about when I had to fire Phil Jackson. It's called Phil You Fired, and a one, and a two, and a three. Hello. Oh, oh you woke him up. Is it the playoffs yet? No, it's Phil. almost time for the season, though. It, we're actually just getting to training camp. You can go back to sleep. <laughs> car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Well, Le'Veon Bell is still not a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's being bandied about in trade rumors. The Jets, the only team we know of for certain that has called the Steelers about obtaining the talents of Le'Veon Bell. He wants a long-term deal. The Steelers did not want to give him one. He's sitting out. Steelers gave him the franchise tag. Right now, if he signed for the season, it would be just for under a little bit less than $12 million, but Le'Veon Bell has no intention of reporting. He has to report by week 13 in order to accrue a full season towards free agency so he can become a free agent in the offseason. Now, there's a lot of sticky wickets going on with Le'Veon Bell and what could happen. The Steelers could keep him. Steelers could trade him. But former Steelers linebacker James Harrison was on Fox Sports 1 earlier today, and he made a lot of headlines with a strategy that, well, I'll tell you, I never thought of it. I think the play for Le'Veon, if I'm Le'Veon, is I'm coming back, what is it, November 13th, and I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get my credit the season that I need to get, and I'm going to do the best I can to get out of that season healthy. And for me, I'd give you everything in practice. You would see, the cameras would see that I am fine, I am healthy, but come Saturday, something ain't right. I can't play on Sunday. 
So I'm gonna fake an injury. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, my arm it's broken. Oh, I can't. I can't. Oh, way oh, to go! Yeah. It could be an ulnar fracture there. Nicely James done. James Harrison saying practice, be healthy all week long. But then before the game, say, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I can't go out. There. Well, I'd hope he'd enjoy the final. What would it be? About six and a half million or whatever he'd accrue at that point. Because no GM in his right flipping mind is then going to give him a long-term deal or any kind of giant novelty check if you're going to do Operation Shutdown then. Because this goes back to your theory all along of as soon as he gets paid, being about money, what's he going to give you then? If you go and sign him to a huge, make him a big bonus baby, and here's $50 million guaranteed on your four-year deal or whatever the hell it is, he might do Operation Shutdown before week one. He's gotten paid. It doesn't matter anymore. Look, we we told you a long time ago, Le'Veon Bell is now hurting his own value because he is now seen as a mercenary. The team has turned against him. When uh, It seemed like they, the, the team was behind him because they thought he would come in for week one. As soon as that deadline passed, he didn't show up for week one. The team moved on without him. It would be toxic for Le'Veon Bell to come back to that locker room. And now other teams who want to employ Le'Veon Bell right now are going – Boy, this is awful. This guy, this guy really is just an absolute mercenary. And can I trust him after I give him a, a bunch of money that he's not just going to get by on his physical talents? And how many times is he going to be hurt? And he's going to say, "Yeah, I'm really hurt." And are you hurt or are you injured? No, no, no. I can't play. I can't play. He's making a lot of people think twice about Le'Veon Bell. As good as he is, he plays a position that is devalued in the NFL. But I'll see the future. I'll tell you exactly how this is going to play out with Le'Veon Bell. If the Steelers don't trade him, right? Obviously, if the Steelers trade him to a team, they're going to play him right away, and Le'Veon Bell is going to have to play. Sure, he's not going to sit out a trade. Nope. Now, then he would. Then he may as well go to the Alliance of American Football or the American Football Alliance or whatever it is. Might be a good startup the, opportunity. The Maybe Alliance, he starts yeah. selling jet skis. I don't know. J e t e jet ski. But this is what's going to happen. There's no way he can come back and play for the Steelers. Just l- listen to me say that. So when other people say it, you'll realize you heard it here. There's no way he can come back and play for the Steelers. So when it's time for him to report, he'll report for week 13 or or for for November 13th. He'll, He'll report for that time. And the Steelers will deactivate him for the rest of the season. They'll pay the $6 million to him that they would owe it, and they will deactivate him. And he will not be around the team. It will be a lost season. He will not play at all, and he will go into the next, go into the offseason trying to figure things out. But even if the Steelers are are, are trying to stay afloat at 6-5 and five, or 6-5-1, and one, whatever it is, they're not going to – you can't bring him back at this point. Too many bad things have passed. So he will, he'll report, and then they'll deactivate him, and it's going to be, oh, okay, so now we're done with the Le'Veon Bell storylines. He's either traded and he plays, or he's deactivated. And here's the guy Le'Veon Bell is. If you asked him right now, what would you rather pick? Would you rather go play right now for a team that wants you, going to pay you, and give, or would you rather sit? He would say, I'll report and sit and not play. Yeah, part of it is I want to make sure I'm healthy and you got to get yours, and I understand that. But it's not like the Steelers didn't want to give him $15 million for this year. But that shows you really who he is. And can you trust giving a guy like that money when he would choose not playing over going somewhere to play? Everybody in the NFL, there is no bigger brotherhood of guys who are grouper, bigger group of players who are in it together. You prepare so much for every week in the NFL. You put so much into it, getting on the field, being on the field, and trying to win. 
Everybody is out there for it. It's the one thing that people forget about when they talk about NFL players versus baseball and basketball. Every Sunday, you are out there to win because you put too much into preparation and getting ready to play. Everybody does. They put every ounce of everything into it because that's how it goes. That's how it is in the NFL. And Le'Veon Bell will show you, yeah, no, I'm not about that. Yeah, no, I got, I'm going to wait and sit back. I understand his desire to get paid, but he has played this where he's made himself look bad, and there's no way the Steelers should even let him back at this point. No, it's a difficult proposition in that you know people have gone after the linemen for talking about Bell's contract. Well, it affects his their contracts too, right? There's a trickle down effect, whether people want to admit it or not, in terms of how good you look with the running back behind you, right? The the aesthetics of it. You're going to look better with Le'Veon Bell doing Le'Veon Bell things instead of James Conner. Conner's a hell of a back in his own right, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. So the one-to-one comparison, you're already looking at the Steelers plus guys that know they're probably towards the end of their run. They were hoping to have one more deep run with that trio of stars at the top to see if they could make a run, and obviously he's impacted all of that. So there'd have to be a lot of bridge mending, not only between Bell and management, but in that locker room of, all right, I'm dedicated to the final eight weeks, six weeks, whatever we got left to go finish it off. Now, part of it is still the the overriding question of how many weeks can you sit out of a million dollars a week before you start feeling it and recognizing that that's money that you're never making back up. No matter how much you want to claim you will in the next deal, you're not making those millions back up. So for Le'Veon Bell, we're, we're hitting that critical mass uh, that, that part of the schedule. And for James Harrison, uh, the I, I like it in theory because it's bold and it's ballsy and, and whatever else. It's also the most foolhardy proposition perhaps ever proffered by a current or former player uh, relating to reporting to a team. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harbin. Coming up next. One of the best players in Major League Baseball, unless you think he's a little overrated like I do. One of the best players in Major League Baseball most likely said goodbye to his longtime team tonight. We get into it in a minute, but first... Here's what's trending with Deb Carson, D.C. Hey, gents, another entry into the postseason. The Brewers beat the Cardinals 2-1, so Milwaukee clinches their first postseason berth since 2011. Cardinals are officially eliminated from the NL Central race. They're still alive for the wild card. Meanwhile, the A's have a 1-0 lead at Seattle, bottom of the first inning. Yankees trail the Rays 6-3, Tampa Bay with a lead. And they're in the bottom of the eighth inning in St. Petersburg. Didi Gregorius, who tore cartilage in his right wrist during Saturday's win over Baltimore, actually had a cortisone shot Sunday and is recovering faster than they expected. So he's been cleared to resume ba- uh, baseball activities. Cubs with a 6-2 lead over the Pirates. They're in the bottom of the seventh inning. Rockies spank in the Phillies 9-0. A bottom of the fifth. They trailed the Dodgers by just a half game in the NL West. And the Dodgers now trail the Diamondbacks. Arizona has just taken a 3-2 lead over L.A. They're in the bottom bottom of the second inning. Finals, Braves lost to Jacob DeGrom and the Mets 3-zip New York. Red Sox ripped the Orioles 19-3 in game one of a doubleheader in game two, top of the ninth. It's the Orioles with a 6-3 lead. The Blue Jays topped the Astros 3-1. And after we got off the air last night, by the way, Astros found out they were headed to the postseason and uh, because of the Seattle lost excuse me, the uh, A's lost to Seattle. And, and finally, guys, uh, just... 
tagging onto your conversation. Uh, if you want to head to the forum to see Def Leppard, you'll also be seeing Journey. Yes! Without Steve uh, Yeah, but I, it really doesn't Perry. matter if Steve Perry's not, not really. Even if they have the he's guy that gone. sounds just like him. Yeah, he's been there 10 years. Yeah, I, I know. It seems like yesterday he was on uh, YouTube going, boy, this guy sounds just like Steve Perry. Yeah, so they're there Saturday and Sunday at the forum. I was just there that? seeing the Eagles, and it was exactly as you described. Was, was it like 1988, <laughs> Deb? It was awesome, it wasn't was. it? It was. It was. Same nachos. Not even the orange fake cheese. It was kind of brownish. Because <laughs> so. it was left over from 1988. Well, and you That's had to why. use it because the uh, chips were a little stale. The music was fantastic, though. All right. Yes. DC, thanks so much. You're welcome. We're live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. And you know, you know, I do like the journey story of, you know, getting a guy that sounds just like Steve Perry because it's Rockstar. Because it is. Because it's, it's yeah. Mark Wahlberg in Steel Dragon. That's right. You want the gig then? Stand up and shout. I mean, Steve Perry's on the comeback trail, so never say never. Yeah, never well. say never. He's got a new album out and whatever, but we've got you know baseball playoff things going on. Uh, Kerry Muscat uh, of Cubs.com. Two fans apparently excited about the Cubs. Almost Muscat. Uh, M-U-S-K-A-T. Kerry uh, Muscat on Twitter. Not Muscat. Uh, two fans apparently excited about the Cubs getting to the postseason. Just ran onto the field here at Wrigley. They have been subdued. <laughs> Can't wait for the video on that one. <laughs> uh, all your best 1980s rock stories. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca and Mike at Small. Oh, yeah. Best concert experiences, <laughs> craziness. If you got the big hair photos, bring it. That'll be part of the rat podcast we do. The rats. Uh, but tonight was likely the last night Bryce Harper will bat for the Nationals in Washington. The impending free agent went 0 for 4 in what is his final home game. The Nationals finished the season on the road, and amid reports today, the Nationals are ready to move on from Bryce Harper because they feel, hey, our outfield will be pretty good next year. You know, we kind of have, you know, Adam Eaton's pretty good. You know, this this Soto kid, everybody's talking about Ronald Acuna, but, you know, here's Soto, a teenager who's hitting 20 home runs. You got Victor Robles playing also in the outfield. They're pretty set. Bryce Harper is moving on. And before tonight's game, he talked about that prospect. It's definitely crazy walking in today and knowing this could be my last game at Nats Park. You know, my white jersey. It's definitely something that, you know, you're not sure how you're going to react and not sure what it's going to be like, you know, if that's after the game or be even before. You know, I knew I wanted to get here and put the uni on uh, right away. You know, just cherish that moment if it's going to be the last time or not. Bye, Felicia. So 0 for 4, Bryce Harper, and look, got there early, ran around, I and mean, it didn't help. Had an 0 for 4 night, and then no, the had, rains came, and, had his and that was the end of that. Yeah. Had his uniform on like five hours before the game tonight because it's like it's the last one. Like to a wear little the whole kid, white. Yeah. you know, showing up for that season opener and they have pictures before and the whole nine yards. Now I got to say we're on a hot streak here on on uh, on the show because the the number of times we said, listen, we told you this earlier this year, recently has numbered a lot. Yeah, but you you've you, really dislocated that shoulder repeatedly. We to, well, because I want people to know when they hear takes during the day that this is where the show works. No, oh, sure, you got to come here first. We told you the night of the home run derby, Bryce Harper was going to be out. He celebrated the home run derby like he celebrated a walk off home run in the World Series. It was it had that kind of feel to it. That was how he wanted to celebrate because he knew I'm likely not going to have anything really big to celebrate because I'm leaving after this year. And we're not going to win. We're meandering around 500. Maybe we make a run in the second half of the season, but maybe we don't. And this is what winds up happening. He knew he was leaving. The biggest mistake the Nationals made was they had a trade in place for him. 
with the Cleveland Indians, but they hesitated because they thought, well, we're around 500. We're not going to pull the trigger because, you know, we think we can make a run in the second half of the season. And look what happened because they didn't want the, they, they, they couldn't get the third best pitching prospect from the Indians included in a deal for Bryce Harper. They backed off it. Boy, how would the how would the Nationals look right now if they had that big prospect package from the Indians when now they're just going to lose Bryce Harper for nothing because he's walking out the door. Look, you saw today the Nationals reports out of Washington. They're ready to move on without Bryce Harper. This was a ridiculous when they had a chance to make a move to to move a guy that was not going to come back and they blew it. You know, we we you talk about inept front offices and certainly, you know, the Mets and all the other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you talk <laughs> about the Nationals, and sometimes I really don't understand what they're trying to do. They throw Bryce Harper out there at the 11th hour saying, hey, yeah, he's out there. Give us an offer to trade for him. And they actually get one that's pretty good from Cleveland. They go, eh, I don't know about that. And now you're moving on without him anyway. Well, and also from a team that has done well bringing prospects through. So you know that the vetting process has been pretty good along the way, right? So – uh, one of the other layers to this, Davey Martinez, after the contest was over, uh, told the reporters of this plan was to get Harper out to a usual post in the top of the ninth and then send in a replacement so he can get the, the walk-off standing ovation from the nearly 29,000 people in attendance. So this has multiple layers of, all right, we're ready to wave goodbye. But to your point, the, the trade market being what it was, you, you had a good offer from a quality quality organization in place that sets you up going forward. You mentioned the the outfield already being set with young young players. Eaton's a guy that I watched him quite a bit when he was with Chicago. I mean, guy covers a lot of ground, lays his body on the line. It'll break in half at some point, but lays his body out <laughs> on the line for your team. So certainly a fan favorite in that regard. But when you can add more pitching prospects to what's already a really good staff when they're healthy it seemed like a no-brainer if you already had made the decision that you're not going to commit the resources to keep him around and look quite honestly it's the right move to move on from harper because you've had him now from age 19 age 18 19 to age 25 so you've had him a while and you haven't gotten to the world series and you got to pay him 300 million dollars at least to stick around that's not worth it, especially when you have players who are putting up numbers that can play in the outfield and can replace him. But something we're going to get into in, in about 25 minutes is I don't think people realize that Bryce Harper, the image of him, is really greater than the impact because you look at what he's done throughout his career, you look at his numbers and, 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 and how his seasons have gone, he's not nearly, it's either Bryce Harper or Mike Trout. No, no, he's down the list as far as great players in baseball. He gets walked a lot. That's really what it is with Bryce Harper. That's the one thing that stands out that Bryce Harper does better than anybody else. He walks a lot. Everything else, there's plenty of guys that can do what he's done. Again, that's something we'll get into coming up in about 20 minutes. But I I can't say, okay, we haven't gotten there with him. We've missed the first half of his prime. We've had him. We haven't gotten the World Series. So here's $300 million. I mean, the team was deteriorating in front of our eyes. Their window was three years ago. And all it is is getting a little bit worse, a little bit worse, a little bit worse. You kind of have to let them go. No, and that's the thing. You've got to reset where the where the window is. And you look at where you're at in, in your division and, and across the National League. How many of these other teams are set for years to come? Now you've got to start thinking about building that core for the future. I mean, you look at what the Braves are right now, and you're going to be competing with them. You know St. Louis doesn't go away. The Cubs, all of those guys are just now entering their prime. So 
you're, you're looking at the larger landscape and, and your Mets eventually. No, they won't. But the <laughs> hey, Tebow's going to be a major leaguer. So what does that yeah. say? But the I'm so hey, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I do say no disparaging things about Tebow. But the reality is that you've got to look at the larger picture and committing three hundred million dollars to Bryce Harper. I don't know. A, you're getting the financial benefits off it anymore, and B, it, it hamstrings what you're doing going forward. He handles the financials. You punch the burster. Yes. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Again, we'll have more on the developing Bryce Harper story coming up in about 20 minutes. But coming up next, the college football quarterback story that shook a country, or at least a good part of it, earlier today. That's coming up next. Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So now it's Journey and Def Leppard night. Okay. All right. I'm okay with that. But it's got to be old journey with Steve Perry. You have to go through tight shirt and listen and make sure this is Steve Perry. Wait. Tyler Perry, right? Wait. Do you even know who who journey is in Def Leppard? Isn't that what you do like on a trance thing no. with your friends at Joshua Tree? A journey? A journey? No, journey is like a regular word. I do like the oh. journey that you're speaking of. Right. Also, like is that where you find like Johnny Cash like yes. as a coyote in the sky? Yes. There's also the mall store journey. Right, I think is it's there? like I think it's like for twelve year olds and under. Oh yes, think, yes, yeah. yes. But really, do you, like when we play, you play these songs. Do you even know who any who any of these bands are? Do you even know? <sighs> My parents used to listen to them. If wow, that counts. Yeah. really? Yeah. You were probably conceived to a Journey song. <laughs> I don't think so. I actually. bet you were. I bet you were conceived to open arms. Probably Weird Al Yankovic. That probably hits the uh, Yankovic. The yeah, is Yankovic. It? No, not Vich. Yankovic. Yeah, no Yankovic. Oh. Belichick. Okay. Right. Belichick. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen. Ah, now just picturing Mr. and Mrs. Tightshirt getting together. So now what are you, I come what are you doing? to you with open arms. And now they're banging each other. And then nine months later, boom, we have a son. Were you supposed to do that like it's on a giant whiteboard or the uh, telestrator like you're John Madden? And boom, nine months later, we got a tightshirt. Um. A big story in college football today is there is another quarterback to be had if your team is looking for a one-year bridge. A formerly highly touted recruit is now looking for a new team. As former Clemson starting quarterback Kelly Bryant announced today he will transfer from Clemson, calling his demotion a slap in the face. In the face? In the face. In the face! There we go. Kelly Bryant started the past 18 games for Clemson mm-hmm. and got him into the playoff last year, but clearly not quite the dynamic player that Trevor Lawrence is. Look, Trevor Lawrence is one of the most highly touted quarterback recruits in the game, and Kelly Bryant already beat one of them out, and he had to transfer it. So Bryant kept the job last year. But clearly after seeing Clemson play this year, the offense moves more under Trevor Lawrence, so now Kelly Bryant is transferring. Here's the best part is here's Kelly Bryant's statement following the announcement that he'll transfer. So it will be Trevor Lawrence facing that 
Syracuse Orange undefeated <laughs> Syracuse defense on Saturday. Quote, on my side of it, I feel like I haven't done anything to not be the starter. I've been here. I've waited my turn. I've done everything y'all have asked me to do plus more. I've never been a distraction. I've never been in trouble with anything. To me, it was kind of a slap in the face. Uh, Lawrence has thrown nine touchdowns this year. Brian's thrown two. Right? It's clear that Lawrence is the future of the program. And I understand because I feel bad because Kelly Bryant is a guy that we should be spotlighting for doing things the right way. He's right when he says, I waited my turn. I was a good teammate. I've not been in trouble. I've never been a distraction. I've handled things before. It's a slap in the face. But at the end of the day, you have to win games. You have to put points on the board. There's Clemson football means a lot to a lot of people. This is not, hey, we can find a way to win, and we everybody gets juice boxes after the game, whether you had three tackles or 12 tackles or threw four touchdowns or threw three interceptions. This is not how it works. You have to put the best players out there to play. And Dabo Sweeney, who knows a thing or two about coaching, knows this is my best chance. This is the guy to put out there. The offense just simply wasn't moving under Bryant. No, and that's the thing is that at any walk of life, whatever job you do, and certainly in sports, the next guy, the next woman is waiting in the wings. And in this case, you're already seeing it on the field. You're already seeing the numbers. So you got your fair chance. And based on the way this has gotten done, you still have the option to transfer and still have another year of eligibility. So from a coaching perspective, look, Dabo could have really been a jerk about this. And, yeah, and kept playing the game, but he, he could have done it. No, but, but he could have done it for he, another but week. He also or two. did it to draw attention to himself because he said, "You know, if I was a bad guy, I would say, hey, we're not going to say anything and let him play again.'" And he burns this eligibility year. But instead, we got to do the right thing. It's like uh, I want you to realize, hey, praise me a little bit because I'm doing no, the right no, thing. And, and a little it, bit of self-serving. No, and that's fine though. But it, it is drawing attention to the rule, which I think a lot of people are just now really learning between Alabama and here that it exists, yeah. and that the possibility is there. I mean, he could just say, hey, for the for the good of the team overall, I, I still got to run him out and have him still invested in what's going on here. But instead, he knows that it didn't go over well. It does Demotions aren't going to be a popular thing. And so everybody gets a fresh start, and, and Clemson can worry about defeating you. And here's Sweeney on the eve of the eve of the eve of the eve of the Syracuse game. I definitely feel like he's been given a fair shot. I don't think there's any question about that. But at the end of the day – you know, this is not middle school. You know, you, you, there's tough decisions that have to be made at this level, and you got to do what's best for the team. That's Dabo Sweeney earlier today. It's not, it's middle, not school. middle school. It's not middle school. This is what it is. It's This is the right decision. I feel bad, but luckily now that's why this rule is great because a guy like Brian can go someplace else next year and play, and someone will be lucky to have him. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can get recognized a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buy experience. We got more on Kelly Bryant because this actually plays into what's going on at Alabama right now with their quarterback situation. We got more on Le'Veon Bell, but coming up next, yes, we'll have DeGrom, but is Bryce Harper <laughs> overrated? This is Fox Sports Radio. Hour two of the program, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. And don't forget, we start an hour earlier. This is now hour two of the show. We get four hours every night, 7 to 11 Pacific, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. East Coast time. 
extra hour right here, Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Very happy uh, to be doing that with you. We got more from the National Football League coming up in 15 minutes, including I'm going to ask a question about Le'Veon Bell that no one's asked yet, and I'm wondering if I'm wondering if what I'm going to ask is the truth about Le'Veon Bell. Did he pay retail for that jet ski? Yeah, uh, did, did was he really not happy? Did he rent it or did he own it? <laughs> did he- does he really not want to go to the Jets when he I put that vroom, on Twitter vroom, really a month good. ago? Does he really not want to do that? Well, you know what? You reconsider things over time. What seems like a, a great move when you're hitting send on Twitter uh, months later may not. <laughs> but tonight is a huge night in Major League Baseball as playoff berths are coming down to the wire in the National League. We have the Rockies, who are just absolutely thumping the Phillies right now. 10-3. Marquez starts the game with... Eight straight strikeouts, tying a major league record. The Dodgers trail the Diamondbacks right now, 3-2 in the bottom of the third inning, so we could have a new team in first place in the NL West. Meanwhile, the Brewers, they're going to the playoffs. They're in. They beat the Cardinals by the final of 2-1. to one. Since the first, first time, time since Pat Lestash. Yeah, No, come on. I'm 2011 kidding. they I'm were kidding. in. I just wanted it's to get Pat Lestash in. Since, since Ryan Braun had a great reputation, <laughs> since Prince Fielder was mashing Dingers, since Cecil Cooper was there, since Gorman Thomas was there. No, Pete Cecil Vukovic? Cecil. Oh, Pete Vukovic. Yeah. All right. Now, Let's go, Gantner. Ready? Hang on. Charlie Moore was the catcher. Yep. Cooper was at first base. Yep. Second base was Gantner. Yep. Shortstop was Yount. Yep. Third base was Don Money? Yes. Don Money. Uh, DH was Larry Heisel, right? <laughs> Larry Heisel. Uh, outfield for the wall bangers, Gorman Thomas. Thomas Ogilvie, who Ben is, Ogilvie, who's who's in center. I'm missing. I'm missing center field for the Brewers for the Harvey's Wallbangers. Oh, I'm missing center field. Ogilvie, Thomas, center field, center field, center field, center field. Oh, that's going to bother me. Why All are right, we well, failing this? Uh, Twitter, Kenny, Kenny good, Lofton. Good Ken, job. Well, he could have been. He Kenny did play Lofton long is, enough. He's still playing for the Indians. He's going to lead off for them in the first game. I guarantee you, the people are going to watch. I'll tell you, they're going to watch the first playoff game the Indians play in the postseason and go, oh, Kenny Lofty, he's not there anymore? He's not playing? Oh, okay. Again, all right, very good. Uh, so, yeah, center fielder for Harvey's Wallbangers, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swallow. Well, Gorman Thomas was in center, according to the – no, he was in right. No, Gorman Thomas, Ogilvy was in left. Gorman Thomas was right, Ogilvy was in left. Center field – center field was tough. Who was center field? Was center field – they had a guy who caught and played center field? Is that 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 rings a bell with me on on uh, Brewers? That rings struggling a bell with me on there. this one. We're gonna have to do the. Uh, we're gonna have to go back to struggling. It. Uh, struggling. Struggling. That was a great Stratomatic team too. That's the that's the thing that's too bad about it. But yeah, you know, they show my age right there. Stratomatic baseball, baby. <laughs> you know who didn't struggle tonight? Jacob Degrom, lowering his league leading ERA to one point seven zero, make it twenty nine consecutive starts allowing three runs or less, something that has never been done in the history of Major League Baseball. I take your 300 strikeouts, Max Scherzer, and I raise you 29 consecutive starts, allowing three runs or less. No one has ever done that. DeGrom got the win tonight. He will finish in double digits with with wins. He will finish with a 1.70 ERA, 10 more strikeouts. And look, I'll be honest with you. If the Cy Young was most valuable pitcher, then DeGrom's not going to win because the Mets could finish in fourth place in the NL East with him or without him. But that's not the case. The Cy Young is the best pitcher, 
And you can't even make the case that, okay, well, Aaron Nola and Max Scherzer, neither of them are going to the playoffs. So you, you can't really tell me that, oh, boy, those guys are my friend. If Max Scherzer had 24 wins and was was or was 20-3 and three or something, like that, I would say, okay, well, now it's going to be a debate. But there really is that. This is not me being Mets fan. This is just me being realistic about the year that Jacob deGrom has had compared to everybody else who were his competitors in the National League. Well, Scherzer in his 18-7, and 2-5-3 is nothing to yeah, sneeze nice. at. It's, it's a good and year. Six strikeouts per walk. It's a really walk. good year. It's a really good year. It's not 1.7 ERA. All right? It's not three runs or less in 29 straight games. Better batting 20, average against, same whip. It's not 26 consecutive quality starts. 26 consecutive quality starts. I know, by the way, the batting average Jacob DeGrom allowed in those 26 straight quality starts, 190. In those starts, he batted, he hit 170. So he <laughs> almost hit as high as the batting average he gave out and allowed to those players. I mean, no matter how you slice it, this is something, boy, when we've never seen something like this before, that tips the scale in your favor. Yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, I was arguing him for MVP until Yelich had his ridiculous September. Oh, I wish. And all oh, of a sudden, I you wish. got the big push. By the way, he's the more I see interviews with him, Generating that much power is is a thin guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's it's a lot of uh, mechanics that are just perfect at, at this stage of the game. And think about it; he's still going to fill out. Yeah, and he, you know, <laughs> right. He is older though; like he's not going to really hit free agency until he's in his thirties, right? Because he can't because he had a position change. He played shortstop for a while. Then he had an injury. He moved to pitcher. The thing is with Degrom is that he throws ninety seven ninety nine, which a lot of guys do, but his fastball moves. And the late location he, and the late movement on his fastball, it's why he gets so many pop-ups. It's why people can't get on base on him because that's what it is. You know, guy, a lot of guys can throw 97-99, but not with the kind of movement that he has on his pitches. No, that's good. I had started to talk about Yelich getting into his power prime, and you immediately turned it right back to DeGrom. Of course. Talk. I kind of had to. You didn't let me finish. I kind of had to. I figured you'd I build you off of my Yelich. thought. I did what you did with Yelich and just turned it into DeGrom because that's what we did last Like We did the whole thing. Remember, I was, I was, I was a callback to what we did yeah, last hour. That's good. I called back to it call back. without saying, Callback. Sometimes you just need just to do that. Callback. No, but the thing about Yelich that you make that I, that was great. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, is that remember the beginning of the season, the great Marlin sell-off. We told you, right? Derek Jeter wants to move the team. He wants to move the team. He wants to get people uninterested. It wants to be okay for him to escape the lease that he can get out of if he wants to with the city of Miami because he traded everybody away. Christian Yelich was a really good hitter, still is a really good hitter. He's young and under team control. These are guys you build around. Reason the Mets didn't trade Jacob DeGrom, they got him for another couple more years. They don't have to pay him for another two years, so, okay, yeah, we're not going right. to give that why, guy why away. Why give it away? Sure. Christian Yelich was, is under team control, so there was no reason to do it. That, that all Derek Jeter wanted to do. He wants to move wherever it is, whether it's Montreal or someplace else or, or, or North Carolina, whatever it is. He wants to move the team. I always will believe that, and when that happens, I'm going to have the biggest victory lap party in the world. Well, especially because you can go after the captain. I mean, which is something you've been waiting to do this for is, a long time as a Mets fan. But with my luck, in, instead, next year the Marlins will rebound and win the, win the East, and the Mets will be in last place. The possibility is It'll certainly there. Way. It'll work that way. Uh, 877-99 on Fox Twitter, at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, uh, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Now, the other big baseball story tonight, we got into a little bit last hour on the show, is Bryce Harper likely playing in his final home game 
as a Washington National. Went 0 for 4 tonight in the Nationals' victory. Talked about that fact earlier in the day. Got to the ballpark mega early. Was in his uniform like five hours before first pitch. Might have slept in it. You don't been. know. Could have been like well, kid on opening day. Could have been like getting Rizzo. Spring. Yeah. Rizzo getting on the plane wearing his uniform, Just right? Always got to be ready. It looks like, and look, we talked about this during the home run derby. Bryce Harper's going to move on. The Nationals will move on without him. They've had his best, and they couldn't get to the World Series. They have three good young outfielders that they have to give a lot of playing time to. It's either give Bryce Harper $300 million and hope you can fill in around him, or you let him go. They will let him go. Reports today out of Washington say they're ready to do it. It seems like Bryce Harper is ready to do it as well. But the big thing about Bryce Harper is that the image of Harper is better than the actual reality of Bryce Harper. This is not to say the guy's not good, but to really look at Harper and say, okay, is he the other best player in the league besides Mike Trout? He's not. The thing Bryce Harper does, what does he do better than anybody else in Major League Baseball? He walks. That's what he does. Everybody is afraid of him, and hey, 129 walks to lead Major League Baseball. He's always walked a lot, not quite to what he's walked this year, but that's great. That when you can walk like that, Barry Bonds, that that sounds great because you throw around names like Barry Bonds and what Bryce Harper has been able to do and, 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 boy, the image of Bryce Harper. But here's who Bryce Harper is. Guy's been in the league full-time since 2012. He has an injury history. He had three seasons that were cut short due to injury, which is, number one, you have to worry about. So that's almost half his career where he's had, he's lost 40 or more games because of injury. This is the first season Bryce Harper will knock in more than 100 runs. First season. Less than 100 runs every season. Less than 100 well, runs every season. He was at 99 in 2015. But still, you're talking about guys, sluggers with great seasons, they knock sure. in 120 with regularity. Although you right? look at that team, he had 42 home runs and 99 RBI. Yeah, I mean, that shows, shows you what he's working with, too, right. to a degree, right? He's, he's had one phenomenal Thank year. Thank you, Bieber. That, that was Bieber Harper's best year, 42 99 and hit 330. He's also someone that's hit under 250 two of the last three years. Right? His batting average is all over the place. He was a 270 guy, then he hit 330, then he's a 250, then he's a 320, then he's a 250 again. So the reality is, all right, you're getting a guy, and I'm not saying Bryce Harper's not really, really good, but to talk about Bryce Harper as a $30 million a year guy, just think about this. For his career, he is he's averaged – 28 and 80. No, that's it. He's got two elite right? seasons right. in his career. If you count this as elite, and even then it has a 244 batting average attached to it. He's a he's a he's a 20 a, sorry, he's like a 25 and 80 guy. That's what he is. But he has missed time. So I'm going to be generous for him. I'm going to add another five home runs and 10 more RBIs to his total, right? Let's make him a 30 and 90 guy. Yeah, but now you're assuming he's healthy 7 okay. years in. Well, I like that. That's very yeah. very generous I, of you. I, I don't. I don't want to seem like I'm. 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 I'm really down on the guy. I just want to portray Bryce Harper. We were just playing Justin Bieber well, as you talked about well, him. Personality. I don't want to sound like I'm down on the guy. Nah, nah, I know you love me. That's for no. You can't. That's, Come on now. No, but I. I don't. I don't. I, I want people to think I, I'm. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give Bryce Harper another five home runs and ten RBIs a year to say he's a thirty and ninety guy and his batting average, let's say, two eighty. All right. You know how many guys there are like that this year? How many, how many guys do you think are 30 and 90 guys this year in Major League Baseball? How many? About how many? 20. 
Very close. 18 Damn. with at least two or three more guys that have a chance to do it in the last five days that are up at like 87, 88 RBIs. So you're talking about a 30 and 90 guy, and there's 20-plus other guys in Major League Baseball that will give you that that you don't have to pay $300 million to. The image of Bryce Harper is better than is better than the reality of having him. If you could get Bryce Harper and say, hey, I'm gonna yeah, we'll give Bryce Harper $18, 22000000 million a year for five. Hey, that's great. But no, no, that's not what's going to happen. That's not what Bryce Harper's going to settle for. It's going to be three hundred. We're going to push no, the this. bidding war it's is going to be thirty five yeah. to forty a year. More than Stanton, sure. more than that. And I can't give that to a guy like I said one time. He's knocked in a hundred runs once in his career, and he's got an injury history. Well, but that's it. Even though in theory, based on age and and you just look at the history of Major League Baseball, guys hit their power prime twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, which is great. But he can't stay healthy. You got 156, 111, 147. You get three years that are that are cut short in his early part of his career. And all of those hits into walls and dives and everything else, mm-hmm. those add up. Go ask Ken Griffey Jr. about the back end of his career and trying to get, get back on the field and rolling through. Eventually, those catch up with you. And for, for Bryce Harper, it's fun to watch him lay it on the line and, and except when you know getting out of the batter's box. On occasion, he's been subject to loafing uh, calls, but <laughs> but on the whole, fun for the game, but not fun at thirty million dollars a year when you could spread that money around and keep building. So one of those things, like when we talk about paying quarterbacks and middling quarterbacks, what does it do for the rest of your roster? You've got to start making really difficult decisions, and for for whoever's going to go after him, it, unless you've got a printing press in the back, you're going to hamstring yourself. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. The image of Bieber Harper is better than the reality. Coming up next, all the big stories from the National Football League. Will Le'Veon Bell actually play this season? That and more coming up next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. Time to get to all the big news from the National Football League. Joining us now on the hotline, you can follow him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL, longtime NFL insider Adam Kaplan, who has been under siege the last week in his inbox with every question being about Le'Veon Bell. Adam, thanks for taking some time up from that with us here tonight. Yeah, guys, good to talk to you. Welcome to week number four. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's been an interesting first three weeks. Typically, the way I evaluate kind of what happens is I wait for three weeks just to get a general idea of what's going on with each team. So uh, I think after three weeks, I have a pretty good idea of the uh, direction of uh, each team now. So, uh, you know, you talk about the Steelers. We talked about the drama before. Players are sick of talking about it. Uh, the, the Antonio Brown stuff, which I told you before, was a non-story. It, it went away quickly. Uh, but uh, the Le'Veon Bell stuff is interesting because – Several people believe that he would have re- reported by now, and we're in week four, as I said. We're, we're quarter of the way, almost a quarter of the way through the regular season. And he's dug in here. And uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to go the, the, to the 11th week so he could, so he could, uh, you know, so he could play this season, but I'm, I'm a little bit surprised it's been this long. You know, we saw James Harrison, former one of his former teammates with the Steelers, go on Fox Sports 1 today and say he should show up and get there and practice and then on Saturday night say, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling too good, I'm injured, he should fake an injury. 
So while, while that strategy would be dubious at best, I don't know, Adam, that they have to worry about it because I can't see there being any way. It's a toxic relationship right now with Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers. There's no way. I, I just think what's going to happen is if they don't trade him, he'll report by the deadline, the Steelers will pay him, and then they'll keep him on the inactive list so he's not around the team. I can't see him coming back and actually hitting the field this no, season. No, I, I, I don't agree with that because uh, here's the deal. They want to win. I mean, it's not, I mean, James Conner's been a great story. He's actually done a really nice job. Le'Veon Bell's the best running back in the National Football League. I mean, it's not even close. He, he plays the second he signs. Second, he, he has to sign his franchise tenor for him to be able to play. And yeah, I, I don't. There would. There's no way that would happen. I mean, they're they're looking to win now. The only way that I would be in consideration if this team is like, and clearly their defense isn't very good. If if this team is, if this team looks like they're not going to the playoffs, and that gives them something to think about. If, but if they want to get in, they need this kid. He's special as a player. Now you could argue his teammates aren't real happy with him. Uh, we we talked about before their offensive lineman. His offensive lineman went after him pretty strong. Something I've not seen before. But, no, if he reports, he's playing, period. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, coming to you from the Geico Studios on the hotline with us, NFL Insider. Find him on Sirius XM NFL Radio on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. Our buddy Adam Kaplan with us today. A little bit of drama in Tennessee. Richard Matthews <laughs> wants out after one year. you got Marcus Mariota, who's going to be back under center. We're still wondering how much feeling he has down in his hand. Uh, Mike Vrabel navigating things pretty well early on, but now some uh, some extra things rearing their heads. Yeah, Mike, this is one of the most unique stories I've ever heard. So here's, here's the real story here. So uh, what I know about Rashard Matthews is this. He fired his agent uh, in August for absolutely no reason, and he did a one-year extension without any guaranteed money. I, I don't understand what he was trying to do um, other than bring up the average per year. Uh, he only signed a one-year extension. He was on the last year of his deal, so he had two years left. So remember, he was coming off of uh, knee surgery in the offseason, mm-hmm. Mr. Hall offseason program rehabbing. And, you know, the tight, it wasn't like he was his old self. He was just trying to work back. And he thought he was good enough to be heavily involved, and he hasn't been. So after three weeks, he told the team that he wants out. Now, the, the Titans have not released a statement. All they said was earlier today that he was absent because of a personal issue. Well, this has clearly got to be the issue. Um, we'll know for sure whether they're going to release him tomorrow. There's no guaranteed money in his contract. Uh, it was really one of the strangest stories. When I heard that he left his longtime agent, Steve Carrick, who did a great job for him, by the way, when he, when he left Steve, I, I was like, well, why would you do that and not get a great contract? Like, if it's one thing if you're going to leave and get another agent who thinks you get you a great deal. Well, he did, by the way, he did the deal himself. It's really bizarre. And I, I don't quite understand this. And he is technically a starting receiver for them. And they play the Super Bowl champion Eagles in Nashville on Sunday. I mean, it, this is a bizarre story. This is a guy that Rashard Matthews covers career guys has always had a chip on his shoulder. He's always felt disrespected, and that's probably helped motivate him uh, to become a very good player. But this situation is definitely bizarre. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen, longtime NFL insider Adam Kaplan with us here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, now, this Todd Bowles, Jamal Adams, <laughs> Baker Mayfield drama the last couple of days has just been insane. 
Uh, Jet Safety Jamal Adams goes on a New York radio station last night, does an interview, and says, yeah, we didn't prepare at all for the possibility that Baker Mayfield would come in and play in the game, which is kind of a shocker. Yes, it was a short week. And then you had today Todd Bowles say, no, Jamal Adams misspoke. I'm not going to get into it. Jamal Adams tried to backtrack from this. You know, Where are you after seeing this story coming out the last 24 hours? Well, Jason, I'll even add to that. So there was a, there was a story, um, another local uh, story, I, Manish Mehta, I forget what paper he writes for. So Manish puts a lot of scoops out on the Jets, and he had said that Todd Bowles is going um, to either take over the play calling on defense or be uh, or take over some of it, and Todd was pissed. He, was, he spoke his mind, said it's, it's a lie, it's not true. And when coaches say that, I mean, they're, they're not only are they upset, I mean, they're just basically refuting the story totally, and that, that was another thing. And, you know, studying Todd over the years, he's had to refute a lot of things that have, that have uh, every now and then stuff comes up, and he just he, he shoots it down or downplays it. I think with the other story, you're talking, the first story, I think he's downplaying it um, more than he's denying it. He's like, whatever, because coaches will say it's not true, it never happened. It wasn't quite the way that that came out from Todd, so... Yeah, it, it's a little bit bizarre. Now, I, I had said on your show a couple weeks ago when we were talking about surprise teams, I thought they could be 8-8. Eight and eight. The Jets, I still believe that. I know, Jason, you're a big Jet, Jet guy. I think they've got the right quarterback. Uh, receiver core is very average. The defense has not been quite as good as they were expecting. I think that's probably where I think the issues lie. I, don't think, I think offensively they're going to be fine. Jeremy Bates, their OC, has done a good job. And they're, they're running the ball okay. They can certainly run it better. But I think the defense is where people thought they would be a little bit better, and they have not been. All right, final one for you. First, did you sign the petition to have Wade Phillips dress up like Bum Phillips since it's throwback uh, for the Rams going forward? How about that? You know, I would. I, all I could tell you is I want to see what what uh, I, when this stuff was happening last twenty four hours. I, I was a big Bum Phillips fan. I grew up in the seventies and eighties, so I was very familiar with him and the job that he did for the the Saints. People forget he was their head coach at the end of his career, and then obviously with, with the Oilers and. Love you, blue times in the late seventies. Those of us who are <clears throat> over forty, uh, so that was that was fun. So I, I don't. We'll, we'll see where uh, this thing goes. Wade is awesome, by the way. He's just a great coach, and he's uh, it's, it's a remarkable. They are, they, I'll tell you what, they are fun to watch. When you watch this game tomorrow night, uh, the, the, the Viking defense, as good as it is, they're going to be under siege from this passing game for the Rams. So the Vikings coming off of getting thumped by the Bills at home, one that we all saw coming. Uh, Rams now down in the secondary. Now, what are you expecting tomorrow night? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot of offense. I think the Bill or the Vikings had to be embarrassed by their offensive uh, output. Uh, they they're generally very good. They're very well coached. It's just both sides of the football, man. I don't know what happened. They just mentally weren't right. I mean, it was kind of like all of us in the public thought that the Vikings would blow them out in, in Minnesota, where it's loud inside the dome, and it just didn't happen. And now it's a short week, which is probably a good thing for the Vikings. Um, you mentioned their secondary, the Rams, now with Tlaib going on IR and Marcus, Marcus Peters with his calf strain. He did some limited work today, which was actually very important. Uh, today is, um, they, they only had, you know, it's Wednesday, so they only had a walkthrough, but it's actually good that he was out there. And he's a game-time decision. If they don't have him, it's going to be Sam Shields and then two or three other corners that will just fill in. That's a problem. So I, I think, to me, I think the, the reality is that this should be a fun game. I think there's probably going to be a lot of offense. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. You can follow Adam on Twitter, at KaplanNFL. That is at KaplanNFL. AC, as always, appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks. Thanks, Adam.
Great stuff from him, and I'm glad he mentioned Love You Blue and Bum Phillips. We'll get into that coming up in a minute, as well as my question about Le'Veon Bell that you're going to go, what? Oh. But first... Let's find out what's trending with Deb Carson, D.C. Hey, free baseball at Wrigley Field. Cubs and Pirates nodded at six apiece. They're in the top of the 10th inning. Cubs can clinch a playoff spot with a win. The Brewers did clinch a playoff berth for the first time since 2011. They edged the Cardinals 2-1. Yankees lost to the Rays 8-7 Tampa Bay. A's and Mariners nodded at two apiece. They're in the bottom of the fourth inning. Top of the ninth, Rockies have a two-touchdown lead on the Phillies 14-0. Colorado laying it on thick. Dodgers trailing at Arizona. 3-2 Diamondbacks are in the top of the fifth inning as L.A. tries to hang on to that half-game lead in the NL West over Colorado. Braves lost to Jacob deGrom and the Mets 3-zip New York. Red Sox and Orioles split a doubleheader. Indians lead the White Sox 10-0 there in the bottom of the eighth inning. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience and a couple of NFL notes Bills running back LaShawn McCoy says he'll play Sunday at Green Bay after missing time with a rib injury Marcus Mariota getting the start for the Titans week four against the Eagles returning from that elbow injury guys thanks DC we're live from the Geico studios where 15 minutes can save you 15 percent or more in car insurance more info visit geico.com now speaking of love you blue do you remember you're my boy this song Best football fight song ever. Oh, forever. Didn't you walk around singing this for no oh, reason in particular? Song. This is the best. I hate that I song. I wanted the Oilers to win every my, playoff game My uncle game did this in. all the time growing up, and then he moved to Jacksonville for work, and he started doing it with the Jaguars. Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars. <laughs> Houston Oilers. Ah, oh, this is the I love bum. Ah, oh, throwback time. I remember they lost a playoff game once. They lost to the Steelers, I think, in the playoffs, which was how it went for the Oilers for Bum Phillips. And uh, he actually they gave him a microphone to address the crowd after the game, right? Like when when like gives you Bill Belichick yeah. losing a playoff game and addressing the crowd. Oh, we're on to next season. But he, he <laughs> said like last year we knocked on the door. This year we pounded on the door. Next year, we're going to kick the son of a bleep in. And everybody went crazy. Yeah, that's the way you walk up. <laughs> Belichick would have said, uh, I needed to execute. That's, uh, that would have been it. Uh, everybody move to the side so I can get out here. And Alex Guerrero and I are going to go have a have a mocha chai latte tea together. That's what it's going to be. But, yeah, I'd love to see uh, Wade Phillips dress like uh, his dad. Throwback Thursday, tomorrow night. It's one of my favorites, Call right? plays in that. Because, that, you know, the thing is, the the picture that's going out there, they how they want Wade Phillips to dress. Yeah, like a cowboy. No, the cowboy you know, you know, hat you know with that like? big coat with the the fur lining showing. Little Kenny Powers ish. No, that's a co- <laughs> that's a coat that you get like if you smoke a, a hundred thousand packs of Marlboro. They give you this. Back coat. in the day, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was part of the great coat. Yeah, that the Marlboro store. <laughs> Looks like he lived. Trust me, I was well aware of that I one in my house. All these cigarettes. Growing up, <laughs> Looks like he lived in a buffalo. <laughs> That coat on. Well, he went. He went tauntaun. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah, got in there. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things. Smoke so many cigarettes, get a free coat. Hey, that's great. Hey, we used to get a lot of pretty good gear, bags and backpacks and stuff. But I, I didn't knock it. Uh, probably some long-term effects that we'll talk about at another point. But you know, with Wade Phillips, I just remember when I was living up in the Bay Area for the when they had all of the. Um, 
East-West Shrine game was still up there on the Stanford campus, and it was before there was massive security. You'd just be standing on the sideline with a player person, you know, who's there on the rosters and watching, and guys would walk up to you and randomly start talking. I found myself in a conversation <laughs> with Wade Phillips and Jerry Jones evaluating the practice we were watching. It was a lot of fun. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Now, let me throw this at you with Le'Veon Bell. All right, we talked with Adam Kaplan about Le'Veon Bell. I disagree. I don't see how he can come back to the team when he signs. I get that Adam Kaplan says, oh, he's the best running back in the game. He is. When he signs, he plays. Yeah, in, in a vacuum, that works. But I don't know that it works around this team where they sit right now. He's sitting out. It's week four, and he's not coming in. I want to throw this out to you right now. Likelihood, this has been Le'Veon Bell's plan all season long. I'm not getting a long-term deal. I'm not going to play in 2018. No matter what, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to sign, not going to sign. Whatever it is, and I find out a way, I figure out a way that when I have to sign or I lose that the rest of the year to free agency, I find a way to sign and not play or whatever it is. I'm wondering if that's been his goal all season. Let me try to get through this whole season without playing. Trying to get yourself, once you're at that point, some jackassery and controversy so you get deactivated, you get quichoned. Or, or no, to play as little as possible all season long with the ultimate goal being to not play. Because let's say he can't wriggle out of it. right? That's why I throw it out so just to think about. Let's say he can't wriggle out of it. Well, then his plan along be, I'm going to play the final five games. So I'm going to roll the dice and play five games and then be ready for a free agency. But I'm what his plan all along was, I have two goals in mind. Number one is to not play at all because I'm not going to worry about injuring myself when I'm getting a big long-term deal after this year. Second goal is to play as little as possible, that no matter what, I'm only going to go in when it's time for the deadline to sign so I get that year towards free agency. Expose yourself to as few hits as possible, because you know the game plan and his representatives were right on, and we talked about it all the way back when this before it was even a thing, was they were going to run him and put him out in pass patterns until he was tripping over his tongue. Mm. We're talking about a 400-touch season and use up every last bit of Le'Veon Bell that you possibly could. So here, you mitigate that. You've seen some good things out of Connor, so you still get some reps for him. Split Bell out more as a wide receiver so he could be that offensive weapon that he talked about, still gets to showcase his skill. I think to not play at all would would be disastrous for the long-term efforts of Le'Veon Bell to try to secure that huge contract. Because how are you going to, how is any GM going to sit across the table? Because I watched a lot of tape, but I just don't know where you're at. No, of right? course. And, no, and, and by not playing at all, that, that's the question that, you know, you're asking someone to open up their, their vault to some $18 million a year and they can't trust that you want really actually want to be on the field. That's a big deal. Look, look, and I've said this for a long time. He's hurting his value. By doing this, because it's one thing to be about the money, right? And, and, and I really un- understand this. Don't just walk away and go, "Oh, Jason said players are about the money." Yeah, of course, all players are about the money. Everybody's about the money. But when you, you doing are, whatever job you yes, do, of course, you're, you're about, about money. your money too. But when you are <laughs> so over the top that it's I get paid or I do absolutely nothing for you, that's not going to make me want to pay you. That I can trust. You're going to do your best because what's going to happen when you pay Le'Veon Bell is he's going to try to get by on his own physical abilities. He's going to lose the desire to be the best, and he's going to get hurt more often, and he will come back from injury less frequently because there is no reason for him to do so because 
he's gotten paid. Whatever that guaranteed money is, that's the number he's going to see. This Because that's all he's going to get. Because when it gets to a point where he's injured, not playing, how much his heart's into it with the team, he, he's going to wind up being released. He's hurting his own value because he went from being, hey, I respect Le'Veon Bell. He's going to get his money. Now he's, boy, Le'Veon Bell is just a mercenary who is holding his team he's hostage. Not, he's not there yet. That's where it's at. He's, no, he's not uh, there yet. I, 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 th- I think you get there if you're at the 11th hour and you're you're playing hardball and now it's really the question of whether he never shows up. And if he goes down the James Harrison strategy, well, then all bets are off and you don't trust him as far as you can throw him for the rest of his his playing days. But when when you're looking at it for now, it's still the business versus business, much like we talked about the Clemson quarterback decision. You're, you're talking about your, your possibilities and what you can do as a player and what the organization has to do. Clearly Pittsburgh would love to have him, have him in and running the football and, and helping dominate offensively. They're still averaging 29, what 29 points a game. I think it is mm-hmm. through three weeks. They're still Their motoring around. Fine. Barely, he can't play D. No, right? he, if, he can't play corner. He can't play <laughs> linebacker. If he could, then you'd pay him nineteen million dollars, and you wouldn't blink right now. Twitter at how about a fresca at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. That's Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Coming up next, the biggest quarterback question in the league may have been answered for this week. <laughs> this, Tom, I'm glad you like it. This is Fox Sports Radio. The Jets lose on and on and on and on. He's trash. The Grom, another game. 29 consecutive starts with three runs or less. He's the Cy Young in the NL. Who? That's my first stab in lyrics for that song. We're going to start a go fund yourself for some singing lessons, some vocal training, or at least a T-Pain auto-tune for you. No, no, I don't don't, don't need that. uh, I have a great voice. No, it's all good. I'm all good. I don't need it. No, I'm all good. We'll decide. All good. I'm good. Yeah, and no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Tyshirt yeah. says, we'll decide. No, 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 yeah, no. We'll I'm, decide. I'm all good. I'm all good. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more information, visit geico.com. What are the biggest, well, really the biggest quarterback question in the NFL this week is Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Who will start? For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the road in Chicago against Vic Fangio's dominant defense. Will it be Jameis Winston who has returned to the Tampa Bay team after a suspension saying glowing things about Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or, just like the prodigal son, I return. Will it be Ryan Fitzpatrick, first person in NFL history to throw for 400 yards or more in three consecutive games, two of them for my fantasy team? According to reports out of Tampa, WFLA is reporting that it will be Fitzpatrick who will start over Jameis Winston against the Bears. 
Obviously, Dirk Cutter is going to try to play this out as long as he can, so the Bears have to prepare for both quarterbacks. This is one of those things. They don't want to get caught like the Jets. Oh, hey, oh, you mean they could play the number one pick in the draft? No, we didn't know that. Duh. So this is where you're at, and we've talked about this this week. This is the right decision. Fitzpatrick, like I said, three straight weeks of 400 yards passing. Jameis Winston's never done that. Not anything close to that. So, yeah, he starts until he starts turning back into Fitzpatrick, and then you give the ball back to Jameis Winston. But here's what I don't get, is I don't get why this is even a question right now. And it's not like Fitz, if Fitzpatrick had stunk and had been the Fitzpatrick the second year with the Jets instead of the first year, I understand. Well, hey, Winston's coming back. It's his job. He's got it. But this is peak Ryan Fitzpatrick in the middle of one of his patented hot streaks, and the one with the Jets lasted 15 weeks. Just needed one more bleeping week, Fitzpatrick. And it lasted 15 weeks before he turned back into Fitzpatrick. He's had runs like this before. Had a run with the Bills like this, and the Bills gave him $75 million, and they're like, oh, boy, we kind of uh, jumped the gun on that. But I don't get why the overwhelming thought of, well, it could really be Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Now, for, take the off-the-field stuff out of it for a second. right? Take the, It's just Jameis Winston, the football player. He's not dynamic. He doesn't put enough points up. And he doesn't run. All right, you know, people think oh, J- he doesn't run. He's not that kind of quarterback. He's a pocket quarterback for the most part. Can he get outside the pocket and make throws? Yes, but he doesn't run. He's not a dual threat quarterback. He was never really a dual threat quarterback. Jameis Winston is living off his freshman year at Florida State. That's been his one great year in organized football. Has been his freshman year. He wins. It's, it's an awesome season. His second year wasn't that great. He went to the NFL, and he has been okay since he's come to the NFL. He's got one more year on his deal, and he's been okay. Like I said, he, he it's not like he's thrown 35 touchdowns and 10 picks. He's someone who has been a 20 to 25 touchdown a year guy with anywhere from 10 to 15 interceptions. This is who Jameis Winston is. If you slotted him in the NFL right now, and I'm being honest with you, and I'll, I'll even give him a little bit of credit here. If you're slotting him saying, if you could pick any quarterback in the NFL right now to start on your team, where would you pick Jameis Winston? Where does he slot? Where, where does he rank as far as quarterbacks? I have him as the 16th best quarterback in the NFL, and this is putting him ahead of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, these guys that are just starting out. I'm automatically putting him ahead of them because he's done stuff and they really haven't. So the, I'm putting him ahead of those guys, and he's still 16th. There are still, and I'm not even saying Eli Manning at this point. Right. There are still 16 quarterbacks you would take ahead of Jameis Winston right now, taking everything into in, into account, his age, what he has going forward, all of it. But when you say taking things into account, now you open it up, say, okay, the off the field stuff, which he's not been able to get out of his own way for a suspension here for three games. So now that goes into the entire analysis of Jameis Winston. Well, that's the the larger part of it, right? Is that. He's off the field because of a suspension, and even with an injury, if you got a guy who's got who's got the hot hand, he keeps playing until out. Now, Todd Munkin's done a great job play calling and utilizing what is arguably the deepest receiver tight end core in the National Football League, and this was what they were expecting last year with Jameis Winston. So while his completion percentage went up and his yards per attempt went up, yards per game went up, touchdown rate 
He was 19 and 11 in his 13 games played. Didn't quite blow the doors off things. So the hope was that this was the offense you would see with Jameis Winston. And you still might. He had seven games of at least 299 passing yards last year. Still some explosiveness to be had. But right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I get it to a degree, people saying, hey, that second half, that fourth quarter was garbage time football. Still made it competitive. Still a three-point finale. Still made the Steelers sweat it out and have to make some plays and convert down the stretch, which we saw with Connor on a couple of big runs. So for Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't I don't think midnight is struck yet. Will it? Probably. History says it will. Oh, it's it's eleven. It's, it's eleven. Just something. A, it's just a. It's not midnight yet, no. Cinderella, to go to the old Garth it, it, Brooks song. It could be eleven fifteen. It could be eleven fifty five. It, it, but it, it could be a Khalil Mack sack, strip sack <laughs> touchdown away. From being midnight, but he gets the start. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, the biggest story in baseball tonight. One team would love to go back two months and make a different decision. What's it all about? Find out next. It's like this is halftime for our show. Four hour show now. We start an hour earlier, seven to eleven Pacific, ten to two on the East Coast, and it's like it's it's halftime now. It's like halftime yeah, half. Made some adjustments in the last few you minutes. You made some adjustments. You printed out pages upon pages of adjustments. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you went from pants to shorts and, and now ready for the second half. Who yeah. I mean, once we put those fours up for the fourth hour, <laughs> those pants might not be here either. I mean, you just don't know whoa, what's going to come whoa, whoa, here whoa. on a Wednesday night. Spoiler alert. Okay. Really? No, no pants, Harmon. Yeah. Was that Why your not? nickname growing up? Were you no pants, Harmon? I'm not shy. I mean, I know Spoonie. We 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 Spoonie. We yeah, I'm not. I'm not a shy man. Night. No. Uh, look at Harmon. There he is. Um, as long as you don't call me by one of those other uh, first names, it's Magnus or nothing. Magnus. Magnus Harmon. Mike Magnus, or you call me one of the other names, I, I tackle you. <laughs> the Night of Loving Dangerously, starring Stormy Daniels, Magnus Harmon. The Night of Loving. This no, is Stor- Stormy's, no, Stormy's had her run. The woman, you got to find in. me another co-star if you're going to go down that this road. This is the worst thing. The woman comes in, takes her clothes off, and this guy's just talking about the '83 White Sox. It's like, well, I like tell you, Ron Kittle, that was a special year. Thirty-five home runs that year. It was the bull on the roof. Forward. Greg Luzinski, launch of Carlton Fisk. But when Carlton Fisk came over Forward. in 1981, he ushered in a new era. Forward. He's t- twenty. And you look later, at Dotson and Burns. <laughs> wow, and Floyd you, Bannister, you got Britt Burns on the yeah, show. Yeah, buddy, pretty good buddy, I like that. And Dewey Lamar Hoyt. You talk about what they did as a rotation. That gummit. Mm. They really got it done. Uh, Lamar Hoyt getting it done off the field as well. And in, in between, hey, hey, uh, countries. We were talking about '83. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, we were living in the moment of oh, 1983. Right, right. I got it, got it, got it. I, I, a young Mike Harmon fell in love with America's pastime. Uh, speaking of America's past, well, we got Bill Plaschke coming up in a few minutes to talk all the latest uh, goings on. We, we're going to preview Week Three or Week Four of the NFL. Rather, kick it off tomorrow night. Vikings Rams could be an NFC Championship game preview. Ram it all day. But Ram it all night. a big night in Major League Baseball for a couple of different reasons. Uh, number one, Jacob DeGrom won the Cy Young tonight. Okay, that's enough of that. His 29, oh, by the way, not even the most entertaining story involving the Mets. Yes, DeGrom, 29th consecutive start. Did they have a rat? With three runs or less. Who? Mets shut out the Braves 3 nothing. Look, DeGrom's ERA is 1.70. He's going to win. baseball games. If he doesn't win, 
it's you should just stop giving the award away. How about the career thousandth strikeout? I mean, give him a little bit of love yeah. for longevity, and we'll, we'll play more Degrom strikeouts. No, that's really about as much as we needed to say. But I think my favorite Met story of the day is actually one that made a lot of headlines. Matt Harvey today was asked about where he wants to go in free agency. Yeah, and he said, "I'll go to any team but one." I'm not going back to the Mets. I don't think he's did – he, did he actually verbalize going back to the Mets? He I don't think said, he well, had to. he said, I'll go to any team but one. Yeah, no, he, he didn't say Mets. Mets. No, he means no, no, the but you were putting word, No, but you were no. putting words in his Tampa mouth. Tampa Bay. He left it out there. He just left that morsel no. there looking all salty and angry. He's not going back to the Mets. And when I saw this and I said, this is a headline that Matt, uh, Matt Harvey looks good with this. This is like – your ex-wife saying, "Oh, you know what? I'll I'll marry anybody else, but I'm not going to marry my ex-husband." What? What? We don't want. They, no, they don't want you back. Like they, like Matt Harvey has gone and really distinguished himself. And boy, he's great. And they want him back. He's a 500 pitcher with an ERA of four and a half. If he's, he's come back for pennies pitcher. on the dollar, they'd think about bringing no, him back. He is a mediocre pitcher. If they could find a way to get some oh. money back in the coffers by bringing him back, they would. I'll go anywhere but one. And the Mets are like, really? I, we we we're never going to talk to you. I don't know. I, that that's a thing. You know what? You got three GMs. Really? I bet you one of them still likes Matt Harvey. It's like that's like me saying, you know what? If I divorce my wife, I'd marry anybody, but I'm not going to marry Beyonce. Not going to marry. Nope. No, nope, I'll marry a lot of people. Now I'll marry J Lo. I'll marry Christina Hendricks. No, I'll no. marry Tyra Banks. No, but I'm not marrying uh, Beyonce. And because oh, and yeah, now but here's the suddenly, flaw. Oh, no, but here's Beyonce. the flaw in using that analogy. You oh, she's just, married still. Okay, I got no, 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 no. Here, on, here's on. the flaw in that on. analogy. On some level, either Matt Harvey or the Mets becomes Beyonce or Christina Hendricks or whomever as you're doing this comparison, depending on your perspective. <laughs> you're comparing them to to this different level, and neither Matt Harvey nor the Mets are on that level. Yeah, Jason, you got to yeah. stick to sports. Oh, look at you. What's the score of the Rockies game? What's the score of the game? Game's over. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, uh, oh, 14 nothing was the final. That's Tucson, more points bro. that the Jets have scored in weeks. No, we scored 14 against the Browns. We Did you, though? Well, yeah. I saw it they on were TV. early. Yeah, and then well, they, then they added a field goal. I mean, you got 17. The reason for Brown still covered 21-17. Yes, sir, Brownies. The reason for the salty Justin Frostberg is because the Dodgers could be looking up at the Rockies after tonight because they trail the Diamondbacks right now 6-2 as the Diamondbacks come into bat in the bottom of the sixth inning on the heels of the Brewers clinching a playoff spot with a win tonight. The Cardinals keep losing. That's the only saving grace is that the Cardinals find a way to keep losing games, but they're still only a game out. So we're, we're but they did get the Thursday. Cubs into the – into yeah. the playoffs the Cubs with that. Got in, there was the some Brewers controversy in. in that game with a, a fan taking a foul ball away from Anthony Rizzo, but they get the job done in extra innings. Uh, just crazy times this final week. I know here in Los Angeles, uh, if you want to really have a nice sociological experiment, find people wearing anything related to the Dodgers and just say Kenta Maeda. Oh, or Pedro How Baez. How dare you? See that? Well, I mean, he, he cleaned that, that up. He cleaned that up to be FCC compliant. <laughs> I dumped myself. <laughs> I think you kind of had to. Wow, and you got that tight shit, right? We're going to have Frostberg saying that. I'm not going to say it because then you just play me saying it. But well, what did Frostberg I say, though? saying that. You, you have say, no idea what I said. I know exactly what you said. What did I say? You said that you did something that rhymes with jumped uh, to yourself. And that's going to wind up making it into the annals of the show now. Unless it doesn't. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
Of course it's his. Look, tight shirts. Uh, you we'll know, decide. He's working at it right now. Look at him. He's, he's trying to figure everything out right now. He's uh, mixing his collard green. So yeah. back the here. The digital <laughs> wizardry of Alex Tyshirt on display. He is trying to find that, isolate the audio, in addition to eating quinoa, in addition to trying to sign up to drive Lyft tonight. There you go. Yeah. I, what I thought was interesting, though, is earlier uh, going around town listening to AM570 LA Sports, our, our flagship here, home of the Dodgers. Uh, in Los Angeles, and Tim Cates, who works on Dodger Broadcast, was trying to lay out all the different playoff scenarios, and it took up a whole segment because there's just so many di- before no, tonight's you, you games. Can't worry about it. No, now. but before tonight's games, yeah. there were so many permutations to things. I know. Where it's like, all right, if this happens, all good. You can't this, worry about and it. Now. Like five or six really huge scenarios, and now you just have to R E L. AX. Wait and until got Sunday. No play on the field. Either there's going to be a game on Monday to be a play-in game to be in the playoffs, or the cops got him, or they or don't. Or they don't. Right. Yeah. So just wait till Sunday. It's fine. Meanwhile, tonight could have been the last night, and most likely was the last home game that Bryce Harper will play as a member of the Washington Nationals. Nationals play their final home game of the year tonight. They finish on the road. Harper is 0 for 4 with impending free agency on the way. And judging by all reports, what is going to happen is what we told you was going to happen right around the All-Star break. After Harper wins the home run derby, that was his goodbye to Washington. He celebrated like he had a walk-off in the World Series, and that's the biggest thing he's gotten to celebrate. He's going to move on, and the Nationals, this is what we saw coming out of Washington today, are ready to move on without him. They're ready for their outfield next year to be Adam Eaton, Victor Robles, and Juan Soto. That's their outfield. They got three really good young players. Soto looks like he's going to be an absolute superstar. And to pay Bryce Harper $300 million, you don't need to. Harper even talked about it before the game tonight. He knows full well this is it. It's definitely crazy walking in today and knowing this could be my last game at Nats Park. You know, my white jersey. It's definitely something that, you know, you're not sure how you're going to react and not sure what it's going to be like, you know, if that's after the game or even before. You know, I knew I wanted to get here and put the uni on the – Right away, you just cherish that moment if it's going to be the last time or not. You don't talk about this, you don't do this if you think you're staying, if there's a possibility that you're staying. You know, it's like, well, this is it, I wanted to get here. This could be the last time. Yeah, you know it's the last time. Because if you wanted to stay, you could stay. Because you know they're going to, they could make you a big offer, but now you know you're not, and they're not going to do it. So you know Bryce Harper is not going to be a national. We told, Like I said, we told you this is going to happen. We've been right We've been on a pretty good uh, streak the last few weeks about, hey, we told you this a few months ago. If only we could bet on hot take nonsense. But I'm sure you can. We'll talk to Todd Furman on Friday night. He'll tell. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Can we get someone to bankroll that? There's a way to do it. But think about this now. The biggest mistake that the Nationals made was not pulling the trigger in a trade for Bryce Harper when they could have right before the deadline. You remember, Bryce Harper's not going anywhere. And and, and I know there's a lot of front offices that – you look at sideways and go, I don't get what they're doing, but the Nationals and Rizzo is one of them. They go from Bryce Harper's not going anywhere to two hours before the trade deadline, they let it be known, hey, we'll take offers for Bryce Harper, which is insane. All you've done is piss him off by doing that. But you actually get a really good offer from the Indians. They wanted one more player. I think it was the number three pitching prospect in the Indians organization, like the number 10 prospect overall, the number three pitching prospect. And the Indians said, you know what? That's too much. We're not going to do that. And no deal was made. The Nationals, under the assumption that, hey, we're 500, we can make a run. It's the Braves and the Phillies. Are they both really going to be in it? 
and look, nothing happened. You go all the way through, you're at 500, you don't make any changes to the team. What makes you suddenly think we're just going to start winning again? You've had Max Scherzer in another great season. If you made moves at the deadline and says, you know what, we're going to see if we can catch fire because we're going to improve the team, and you make a trade for a slugger or a pitcher or whatever it is, that then you're saying, okay, we're going for it. But basically, the Nationals decided we're going to stand pat and just hope we play better. When they knew they were looking at Bryce Harper leaving. Can you imagine that team now? If they had going in the next year with this all this youth and now an influx of talent, both in positions and pitching prospects they would have gotten from the Indians, suddenly things look even better. But they decided to back off and not make a trade after they got a good offer for a guy that's going to walk away at the end of the season. I don't get the Nationals and why they didn't do this. I know it would seem like a tough thing for the fans, but you were 500. You've seen the best of Bryce Harper. You've, you've had him for the last seven years, and he's been very, very good. You haven't gotten to the World Series. And now to keep him around, you got to give him $300 million or at least $300 million? That doesn't work. The Marlins gave Giancarlo Stanton $300 million for a year, and they said, well, we got to get out of this. We got to move on. We got to figure things out. And so now he's playing for the New York. Yeah, Yankees. they're also the Marlins, and they got rid of anybody that had true. a pulse. They were getting yeah, true. They were getting rid of everybody. Congratulations on your MVP, Christian Yelich. It's it's much. Does deserved. he celebrate with Jeter? Do they, does he bring it back to the fans? Oh, he in, has to in Miami. He has to. He's got to go into that big, colorful display in the outfield and you know slide down slides. Does, and does, carry he, the does MVP. he do it like oh, Jeremy sure. Piven and walk in with? I got out. <laughs> but this is who the Nationals are, and they realize that we're we're not going to move forward with him because it's too expensive to move forward with Bryce Harper. Yeah, I think when you go through it, back at the trade deadline, when you're sitting at 500 and there's a lot of chaos, and you know there's a couple of powerhouse teams, but even those have fallen on hard times. Cubs getting in the playoffs, they're not exactly the juggernaut that was anticipated. They've struggled through different points of the season. You look at the Brewers, hot as can be, rolling into the playoffs now. But sitting at 500, and as you mentioned, looking at the division, perhaps thinking two wild cards, we've got a shot. So short-term, long-term kind of development. It's ironic that going back to an old John Paul Morosi article on MLB.com, at the time, you're talking about Gio Gonzalez, Jeremy Hellickson going to free agency. But one of the players that the, the uh, Nationals were looking at, Shane Bieber. Yeah. Number two prospect, pitching prospect in their organization. How funny is that? Since you've been calling him Bieber Harper for all times. So there you have it. But yeah, so they went went with the short term, kept him around. There's no reason to pay him thirty million dollars a year as you're trying to rebuild the rest of that roster. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen. Coming up next. We take a look at week four in the National Football League with a big preview of what could be the NFC Championship game. That's next. Fox. I'm very, very excited about it. Yeah, it's Def Leppard and Journey Night here on the show tonight. Nice. Because I'm wearing my Def Leppard shirt. And Def Leppard is playing with Journey, right? In, yeah, uh, next uh, weekend. Forum next yeah, weekend. next weekend. Here in L.A. How about that? Very. I'm telling you, go to the Forum. And if you ever come to Los Angeles, Make sure you go see a concert at the Forum because you go back in time. It is 1987 inside the Forum. Then follow whatever band down to San Diego and go to that crap stadium and go see, and you'll think, wow, now I'm in an arena from 1987. This is awesome. I feel like a challenge has been issued. <laughs> oh. Challenge accepted. You can't even get all the way around the Forum. You know, it, it's it's very narrow, the, the passageways. 
they have the same concessions every 10 feet. It's popcorn. It's nachos. It's soda. It's beer. That's all you get. Go to the uh, go to the forum. Most would argue in life you don't need anything more than that. <laughs> uh, although our next guest may not need Def Leppard, he may need to take a chance. Take a chance. Take, take a, a chance. chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. Oh, take a chance. Yeah. Oh yeah. L.A. Times columnist. You see him on Around the Horn. Our friend Bill Plasky. Bill, what's happening, buddy? I know you're wait, always dancing. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The Rockies just scored two more runs. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Yay! What? What is Phil? You know, Gabe Kapler is really getting his revenge on the Dodgers for not making him their manager because his team just rolled over. The Phillies are rolling over in Colorado, uh, killing the Dodgers. Well, I'll tell the you, Dodgers they, killing themselves. Dodgers they've been killing themselves. They, they've been rolling over for the past two weeks. The Phillies. They, I don't think they've won yeah. a game. I mean, they're going to finish under five hundred at this point. I think they're thirteen and forty-seven since like the last since August or something. Maybe they've been unbelievably bad. Oof. But again, the Do- the Dodgers aren't doing themselves any favors. I'm sitting here. I'm headed. I'm I'm doing the Monday night. I'm doing the Thursday night game tomorrow night, which is by the way, Thursday night football is so dumb. It's so stupid. They shouldn't be playing it. But I know it's a big money maker for them. I'm in the I'm in the Rams locker room Sunday after Sunday afternoon. You know, after we beat the Chargers, and they're setting up massage tables in the locker room. You know, and so they're like moving the writers around, trying to trying to you know you know get us over in one corner. So they're sitting, and they're massaging players. They've already started their preparation for Thursday's game with these massages on the in the locker room during the, right after the game with everybody in there. It's crazy. I mean, I the players, there's no way they this, there's no way they can be ready for this game. I really thought you were going to say you laid down and waited waited for your opportunity. Plasky needs yeah, a massage. Yeah, I'm sure you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no happy endings in, in this in these kind of massages. Well, I didn't say uh, that. Yeah. I was just like you were getting a massage. Well, hey, hang on. No, man. no, no, no. But anyway, it's it was it was it's, it was it's unbelievable that that you know that that they have to prepare right away. They couldn't wait till even till you know tw- and half hour after the game. They're already preparing for Thursday. So, uh, and, you know, Todd Gurley said it's dumb. It's dumb, dumb, dumb. But it'll be a good game, and I'll be there, and I'll be there. But anyway, so I'm, I'm going from there, then I'm going to San Francisco Friday for what I thought would be a weekend clinching store in the Dodgers clinching the division. But now it turns out I'm going to end up going from San Francisco on Sunday to Milwaukee, to St. Louis, to Chicago, to a tiebreaker, to a wild card. It's crazy. It's crazy what's happened the last three, four days. Wow, you look, you're like a businessman, Bill. I mean, you're like, ah, I gotta, then I, I'm taking my samples to Milwaukee, then we're going <laughs> to St. Louis. And, well, there's also this philosophy, the Dodgers might not make it, and you may just be coming right back home. Well, I would say that, except the Cardinals are still a game behind them in the wild card. So no matter if they lose tonight, the Cardinals are still, and the Cardinals got to play at the Cubs. So the Cubs have, have, have something to play for. So I think the Dodgers, it'll be the worst-case scenario. They'll, they'll end up tied with the Rockies. They got to play a tiebreaker game. Then you got to play a wild card tiebreaker game. Then you got to play a wild card game. Then you got to play a, a you know a game of the NLDS. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, let's deal with tomorrow first because clearly through the okay. first three weeks there are two teams that have distanced themselves as saying if you were picking two Super Bowl teams you would say the Chiefs in the AFC and you would say the Rams in the NFC. Especially after what happened to the Vikings on Sunday because that's not fair to the Rams. The Vikings had a bye on Sunday. Yeah, they, they didn't, didn't play. play. Uh, are you believing in the Rams being this good, Bill? I mean, this Super Bowl good? I've seen, I've, I've covered two of their games. Yes, they are Super Bowl good. They're as good as I've seen a team in several years. They, they, they've got it all. Now, one codicil to tomorrow night, they're missing 
Peters and Tlaib. Tlaib's out for eight weeks now, and Marcus Peters is out for a couple weeks with with a leg injury. So they're they're missing their two stud. There's two stud cornerbacks. We'll see how their depth is. But offensively, they're unstoppable. I mean, golf is you know is is in a perfect perfect system for him. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do too much, you know. And then they have Gurley, and then they have the, the, the three receivers. Brandon Cooks is really good. Why did New England get rid of him? I mean, that's what we're all watching him. We're watching, him saying this guy's really good. Why? What's he even doing here? So, and then they have a great offensive line, and then they have that all-star defense. Yeah, and a great coach. They're really, really good. I mean, I see them winning 13 games. I see them getting home field advantage uh, throughout throughout the playoffs. I think it's fairly clear at this point. I mean, just look at the competition and that they can avoid injury. They're that good. Now, what? the Vikings. I, I understand the Vikings spent all last week looking at Rams film. That's why they got beat by the Bills. So the Vikings will still be a pretty good test for them, I think. Well, Especially the way they manhandled them last year. Yeah, certainly offensively. I think uh, what we found, though, Bill, is the Rams had access to another printing press for more cash. The Patriots, maybe with all their efforts, still couldn't figure that one out. I do have to ask you this, though. I've celebrated the entirety of Wade Phillips' career, and I like you know what he brings to to the table here and trying to keep all sorts of crazy at bay. Uh, I like the also the petition to have him dress like his, his old man uh, to bring back the bum Phillips look. If he doesn't do it for tomorrow night, can we get you in the cowboy hat and that cool jacket that look well, like you're yeah, the Marlboro you're, man? But you got to find me up in that temporary press box trailer. So I don't know if, I don't know if, <laughs> if, if you'll see me up there. Do you get, do you you know get a Sherpa you know for that? Phillips, by the way, if you, if you, I encourage everyone to follow Wade Phillips on Twitter. He's hilarious. I mean, he's absolutely hilarious, and uh, yes, and you know what? He'll show up when he'll show up wearing something. He's already joking that it's past his bedtime. <laughs> so, uh, so, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think, I just think the Rams are really, they're really all that, and uh, it's, and and I see him, and the Vikings are good, but they're not. I just don't think they're the Rams, they're the Rams caliber. Bill Plasky with us here on Fox Sports Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Bill Plasky, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. All right, now, Bill, this is what I've been waiting to talk to you all week long. you got a big column up on this right now at LATimes.com. LeBron James meeting the media for the first time in L.A. Didn't seem like he really wanted to be there. As was asked questions about the fans in which he said, listen, I'm here for four years. I don't know what they want as far as me having to impress them. Why has it been so awkward? Since he came it's to weird. LA, you're right. it's been so right. awkward. Been, I, I don't get it. It has been awkward. I was at you know the first. I asked a question, and one of the questions that got him going at the first press conference, and then I wasn't there the last two days. But he's the answers I've cut that have come out of there have all been awkward and weird. I just think, looking at it now, is that he's this is the first time he's come to a place where he's really got to prove himself. People in Miami were so happy to, when he brought the big three. They were going to win the champion. You know, they had the, they had the big smoke-filled celebration. Coming to Cleveland as a homecoming, you know, the hometown kid come home. Here, I think the Laker fans are holding him to a higher standard. I, and, and I think that he knows, and he, well, if he doesn't know, I think he's realizing that he can't just show up and be beloved. I mean, he just can't do that here. And I think he saw that on a, on a horrible level with the, uh, with the defacing of his murals. I think that probably got to him. But it seems like he's on the defensive. It just seems like, yes, and, and in the question the question I was asking about respect was, what's going to take for LA fans to respect you? And some people thought that that was a dumb question. I don't think that was a dumb question. I don't know who asked it, but I thought that's a legitimate question. Maybe the word respect is not the correct that's, word. That's the but, word choice, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, but to embrace him. LA fans, I think we, we, LA fans stare at him like he's a, the best player in basketball with wonder and awe. 
but not really with, you know, there's no embracing done yet. He's got to entertain here. He's got to win here. He brought a bunch of Looney Tunes in there with him. He's got to win. He's got to win a championship eventually here. Uh, you know, so I just think, and I think it's weird for him. I think it's weird for him. I think he's taken aback. He was taken aback by my question on, on Monday when I said, why, why did you come here? Did you come here for the basketball or for, or for the business? And, and how are you going to juggle that? And then he was taken aback when somebody followed up by saying, yes, you know, or, you know how, much you, how do you keep from being distracted by all the Hollywood? He's involved in 10 projects, guys. Uh, so, and I think he thinks people in LA are just going to roll over and, and, and roll up the red carpet. I just think Laker fans, you know, being spoiled by Kobe and growing up with Kobe and, you know, and everybody from Magic, Kobe and Kareem and Shaq and all that, that they just, they want to see it. He's going to have to show them. And he really is. And, and I just think, I think that makes it all, I don't know what y'all think, but I think that's what's made it so awkward for him. And it has been, you're right. The word is awkward. It's been kind of weird a little bit. Well, I mean, but well, here's the thing, Bill, is that I, I don't think he's here for the basketball. I think he's done with the basketball, and now he's saying, okay, I'm bigger than just basketball. He had the president calling him out on Twitter. He's got all these Hollywood things that he's got. He's closed four Hollywood deals, but here's how it went for LeBron James. He came to L.A. for 12 hours, agreed to sign with the Lakers, and left on vacation. He never met the media, never came, never did anything. When, when, when the L.A. media wanted to celebrate LeBron coming with the whole free pizza at Blaze Pizza and he implies I'm going to be at Culver City, not only does he not show up, his wife puts out a, a picture on Instagram of him hanging out in his pool. He still never met with the media, and he shows up yesterday the last two days, and, and he's, he's combative with people that are asking him questions. It's weird. No, he's I really think that's disengaged. All legit, that's, all, that's all you know legitimate points, and I think – I called him on that on on Monday. Others have kind of the the, 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 the young woman called him on that with the, with the respect question, and I don't think he liked the question, and I don't think he like I think he doesn't like being called on it, and I think that that is the truth is that he has. I mean, how do you how do you not show up here? For, and we didn't complain. And I'm like the the you know the leader of the media in this town, one of the voices in this town. And I didn't complain when he didn't talk to us for three months because he's LeBron James and he was going to come. He was going to do a big press conference. And it was going to be great, and it lasted 12 minutes. And he didn't. When he smiled once, so yeah, that's that's quite. And that's not quite reaching out to the fans. That's quite. And again, and again, if he did indeed come just for the business, not the basketball, he's in for a rude awakening. This is not going to be good for his legacy at all. Because fans here need more than just basketball. They need winning. They need entertainment. They need championships. Yeah, my editorializing off that bill was that they they didn't let Vic ask a question, so I'm still incensed <laughs> about that. That what? That Vic didn't get to ask a question to me is just I know, but ridiculous. it was great to see Vic there. You know what? Vic's a battler. He's going through some tough times, but 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 the VTB was there, second row right behind me, hanging in there like always. He didn't he didn't bring the the bamboo this time, but he was there, so it was good. On Twitter at Bill Plaschke, that is at Bill Plaschke, LA Times sports columnist, regular panelist on ESPN's Around the Horn. Check out his latest covering the LeBron James press conference. He was all frowns. LATimes.com or Bill's Twitter at Bill Plaschke. I, I will talk to you all next week, but I have no idea from where <laughs> we'll be covering or what I'll be doing. Somewhere. Where in the world is Bill Plaschke? We will talk to you, Bill. We'll see you, bud. All right. <laughs> see you, buddy. <laughs> I Great love that stuff guy. from Bill Plaschke. As I look, agrees with us about it being awkward with LeBron. Hey, uh, coming up in one minute, uh, the quarterback decision today that stunned at least half a country. But first, here's Deb Carson with What's Trending, D.C. Hey, a couple of playoffs uh, spots clinched tonight. Albert lines one base hit. Cubs win. Cubs win. Albert Almora Jr., a hanging breaking ball. Big celebration. The Cubs are still in first place. 
Cubs with a walk-off win over the Pirates 7-6 in 10 innings. Cubs radio. Chicago remains a half game ahead of Milwaukee for the NL Central lead. They also clinched a playoff berth about a half hour earlier when the Cardinals lost to Milwaukee. Brewers edge St. Louis 2-1 and Milwaukee clinches a postseason berth for the first time since 2011. Rockies blanked the Phillies 14 zip and right now the Dodgers trailing at Arizona a 7-2 lead for the Diamondbacks over LA they're in the top of the eighth inning Braves lost to the Mets three zip A's with an 8-3 lead at the Mariners bottom of the sixth inning Red Sox and Orioles split a doubleheader at Fenway and while online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience nfl notes bengals receiver aj green has a groin injury but coach marvin lewis is optimistic green will be able to play in sunday's game against the falcons titans quarterback marcus mariota getting his first start as he uh, comes back from the elbow injury that cost him two starts. So week four, they take on the Eagles. LaShawn McCoy will play Sunday for the Bills at Green Bay after missing time with a rib injury, guys. Thanks, DC. You bet. We're live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more information, please visit geico.com. So today we had a big quarterback decision come down in college football. Kelly Bryant, former starter for Clemson, lost his job and announces that he is going to transfer schools. He won the job last year, beat out one of the most highly touted uh, incoming freshman quarterbacks who's now no longer with the team. And, however, after losing his job to super freshman Trevor Lawrence, who has been more dynamic and moved the team more, he has announced he is transferring. Dabo Sweeney said they had a conversation. You can still transfer after playing in four games or less and still maintain one more year of eligibility. So that's what Kelly Bryant wants to do. He says he's feels that he's done everything the team has asked of him, plus more. He stayed out of trouble. It was kind of a slap in the face. Now, we talked about this earlier in the show. We took from the angle of, listen, it's I feel bad for the kid because he has done everything right. He waited his turn, all of this. Clemson has won football games, but bottom line is the best players have to play. Right, the and better Lawrence player is a better he, player. He, he was coming for you fast, and yeah. now he's you're in his rear view mm-hmm. and not the other way around. Yeah, and, and so, yes, unfortunately he has to transfer. I, I get it. I feel bad for him, but I understand it. This is where Jalen Hurts has to really pay attention to what's going on right now because this really is about Hurts and what's going on at Alabama. As Alabama is in the middle of cruising towards what is likely going to be an undefeated season and another national championship, the saga of will Jalen Hurts, former Alabama starter, will he ever get to play again, takes a different turn now. Because when you get to four games played, you can still play somewhere else. You still won't lose a season of eligibility if you transfer or for next year. Dabo Sweeney actually did a good thing, a little bit self-serving by pointing out, hey, I did tell... Kelly Bryant to go because I don't want to burn a seat his final season by playing him in the fifth game. So a little bit self-serving, but still, he made the right decision in saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. I'm making this quarterback decision after week four, uh, and we're going to go with Lawrence, and you're going to be the backup. So if you want to transfer, you make that decision. Self-serving, but also it does a, does a solid to the kid, and it's also a recruiting tool going forward of, hey, I do have your best interest in heart. You may lose your starting job, you may not be the guy and, and the big man on campus anymore, uh, and you, now you're an injury uh, replacement if necessary. But he looked out for him, and I, I got to give him credit for that. Even if he raised his hand, and, and as you say, it's self-serving, it's part of a recruiting tool. 
right? As you're looking into the homes across America and you're in these battles with Saban and others for top top talent going forward, it's like, look, I'm going to look out for your kid. E- even it, when he's mm-hmm. when he's done well and he's played well, whatever, if there's an opportunity that's going to be better for him, I'm going to steer him in that direction. And that's what yeah. he did here. Because he could have very yeah. easily just said, you know what? I think we can still go out and beat Syracuse. Right. And you know, and you'll play you half the game or whatever you're going to do, and yeah. and then he plays part of a fifth game, and it screws that transfer opportunity up. And I and have you around if something happens, and I have to go back to you at some point, or if Lawrence gets hurt or something. No, he did the right thing. He just also found a way to do the right thing and say, "Hey, look at me. I'm being a good, good recruiting. Guy. So good okay recruiting, coach." But here's where Jalen Hurts has to realize. You saw reports last week. Nick Saban has no plans on sitting. Jalen Hurts, if he needs him, if he needs him to play, he will put he'll him play in. Him, there. Sure. So eventually, he'll get past that four-game mark, and then Jalen Hurts, instead of two years of eligibility left, will have one. He needs to transfer. He needs to transfer. Well, because you need Quarter- to think about it. Not from a a Tua goes down with a large injury. Mm-hmm. Just the you can't hey, bank on a guy. No, no, no. Hurt. But but hey, Tua comes out for a a play or two. Yeah. That's enough to screw your eligibility. Yeah. That's well, the problem. If he gets a hard hit and comes out, someone's got to go in. Right. And then, oh, I'm ready to go back in front. Right. That's the play. problem. It's not It's not the long, you know, big injury that you're you're necessarily looking at here. It's just that, hey, you've got you to do a quick spot, and he's, Nick Saban would have no problem bringing Hurts in in that situation. He's got to understand if you, that Nick Saban doesn't care in the end about Jalen Hurts. He cares about winning football games. Jalen Hurts has to care about himself. And for a guy who does, that cares so much about his brand, I can't believe he's still at Alabama. He could leave and have two years left to go play someplace else. He wants to play in the NFL. you got to see the field. You can't be Cardell Jones and go, no, no, but Coach likes me and all this, and I like Ohio State, and the guy is in and out of the league. Well, but that's what he's go doing. go someplace and play. Is where I'm thinking right now. It's the, what are my options? They're not as good as being part of Alabama. He's got it. it Trust me, many teams in the SEC will take him, obviously because he's got two years, not one. Right. The fact that he's got two, you can say, okay, he's our. It, it, this is a normal thing. It's like we bring in a quarterback, he wins the job after his sophomore year, we got him for two years, and then we'll worry about our next quarterback. It's even better that he would have two years left. He's got to think of himself and do this. That's where the, you, you see, because Nick Saban is not going to handle it like Dabo Sweeney did. It's not going to happen. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Coming up next, a twist to the Le'Veon Bell situation. I got to admit, I never saw it coming. Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Journey and Def Leppard night here on the show. I'm wearing my Def Leppard t-shirt. Journey and Def Leppard will be in concert here next weekend. Hey, remember the 80s? (laughs) With Goat Boy. Uh, you know, I was never, I wasn't the largest Def Leppard. I mean, I like Def Leppard and I like Journey. Certainly in retrospect, it's like, wow, these bands are great. But I remember at the time going, I like Poison more. I like Guns N' Roses more. You know, and Journey was good, but then I kind of got into heavy metal and 
and uh, and 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 a little bit harder rock and roll. But dude, bands have just whether you're the lead singer or a guy that sounds just like the lead singer, it doesn't matter. You can still continue on and succeed. Standing the test of time. You know, 35 years ago today, though. 35 you know, it was released. Hang on, hang on. Uh, 35 years ago today. Uh, what year was that? 1983. We were talking about the 83 White Sox and 82 Brewers earlier. Today, so let's just keep that rolling. Uh, ride the lightning. Kill them all. Shout at the devil. Oh! Released on this shout. date. Oh. Our old hallmate, Nikki oh. Six and company. 35 years ago today? All right, the last Raise hour of the glass. show has to be Motley Crue. Last hour has got to be Motley Crue. All right. I mean, I'll we decide. Got, we got to move to Motley Crue. Uh, I'll decide. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll decide. decide. He's like the slide over baby hour, though. All bets yeah. are off. Tightshirt says, I'll decide. We I mean, because that was a slide over baby hour. I would have shifted that one to the 10 o'clock hour. Okay. What you just played, just from a, you know, a critical. I was trying thing. to warm us up for 10. I, no, I, I, I get it. It's got to be Shout at the Devil. It's got to be stuff from Shout at the Devil. Yeah. Shout at the Devil hour. My people will get back to you. No, listen. Hey, guys, a t- little behind the glass here. Yeah. Tyshirt just asked me who's Motley Crue. <laughs> <laughs> Tyshirt put down his uh, app for Lyft, uh, trying to get people that he's going to pick up in an hour. To, hey, to do, hey. Do yeah, he told me Nikki Six. I thought he was just one of like the six guys that do the Teletubby stuff or whatever. No, there's six guys named Nikki in the group. That's what it is. That's oh, really? Yeah, 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 six guys. No, that's named little Nikki. Nikki. The lead <laughs> with Adam Sandler. That was George Foreman's kids. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout of the devil hour. How about that? I'm excited. I'll See, decide. I added value right there. I'm excited that we might be too young to fall in love in a few minutes. You can get DJ. all that music you want in the last hour if you say DeGrom's not Cy Young worthy. Le'Veon Bell may have a different outcome than being traded or reporting to the Steelers and playing. You mean option, secret option he's C? Options. He's got a secret option he's a man with C. options. i got to be honest, I didn't see it coming. Didn't he, see this coming. Always like to have options in life. Le'Veon Bell could either report to the Steelers, be traded by the Steelers, or wait to report right before the deadline, which is the end of November, get his five games towards free agency, and leave the team. But now, according to former teammate James Harrison, who is Steelers linebacker for quite a long time, with a little stint with the Patriots in the mix right there, uh, went on Fox Sports 1 today and said, you know, there's actually one other thing that Le'Veon Bell could do that might be better off for him. I think the play for Le'Veon, if I'm Le'Veon, is I'm coming back, what is it, November 13th, yeah, the 10th, the 10th game. and I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get my credit the season that I need to get, and I'm going to do the best I can to get out of that season healthy. And for me, I'd give you everything in practice. You would see, the cameras would see that I am fine, I am healthy, but come Saturday, Something ain't right. I can't play on Sunday. Undisputed, where James Harrison was appearing early today, that Le'Veon Bell should say, I'm healthy during the week and fake an injury so he doesn't have to play on Sunday. I really hope he likes riding a jet ski. Oh, my arm. Because every one of those. Oh, it's broken. Oh, it's broken. Every GM in the National Football League, (laughs) if that becomes even a hint of possibility. Like, um, how the hell are you signing that side of that guy? Hey, here's your novelty check. Go deposit this fifty million dollars, and then we'll wish and hope that you're going to show up to play. Come on, Mr. Tomlin, I don't feel so good. No, stay with me. Stay with me, James Connors. He's hitting the wall. Oh, Mr. Tomlin, I don't feel so good. Look, I don't think we have to worry about that outcome. I know that there's people who disagree. Adam Kaplan on the show earlier tonight, longtime NFL insider, says, "No, oh, as soon as Le'Veon Bell uh, reports, he plays." I can't see there being a way for him to report and actually play for the team. The team turned on him 
before week one when he didn't come in. It went from the players, all his friends on the team said, oh, he's coming in, we're happy, and then when the deadline passed, they turned on him. And it's gotten very toxic to the point where he's trolling them with with tweets after the game, with pictures of him on jet skis, and now it's gotten to the point where I can't see him walking into the locker room and actually suiting up. The most likely scenario I see is this. He sits out, if they don't trade him, he sits out, and then when he reports, the Steelers say okay, and then they're going to pay him whatever it is, $5 million at that point for the rest of the season uh, when he signs, uh, and they deactivate him for the rest of the season, and he doesn't play, and they move on without him. I can't see suddenly all is forgiven. I'm in. Look, it's all good. Especially if the Steelers are losing. If they're fighting for, I, I, I just can't see how they, they can go from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Le'Veon's in. Everything's forgiven. No, a lot of stuff has gone on right now. And the Steelers really don't have any trouble offensively. All their trouble is defensively. They don't need the guy. So that animosity builds up even more towards Le'Veon Bell. Twenty nine points per game, certainly dominant, but you can always use a couple more, especially if that defense isn't getting any better. So. I think and I agree with Adam to to a point of you still have the business of winning to go out and do. And if you're fighting for a playoff spot, Cincinnati off to a good start. I think Baltimore is a better team than most gave them credit for. That if you're still fighting for a playoff spot, you want guys that can help you win. And having him back in the locker room, having him back in, even if you're using him more as a wide receiver and a compliment, to complimentary piece to Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown, that that's all the better for your offense. I think when it comes to getting victories and playoff checks, guys will put the business aside for a bit just to get back on the winning track. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up next tonight could have been the last night in D.C. for Bryce Harper. We'll tell you why a $300 million man is overrated next on Fox. Put them fours up, hour four. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Don't forget, hour from now, the Best of Podcast goes up on iTunes, Google Play, foxsportsradio.com. You can use the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Google Play, foxsportsradio.com, the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to the whole show. Whatever you want from the best of, parts of it, you can customize it for yourself. Rate us. Give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever and ever. A big night in Major League Baseball. We saw many things happen tonight, some more important than others, but big important headlines. There is a new leader in the National League West, the Rockies, now lead the Dodgers by a game following the Rockies' Big win tonight over the Phillies, who have just decided we're tanking early. Uh, they could, the Mets could pass them in the National League East. At this well, they decided point. to really fade at the end here. Just uh, decided to go into Operation Shutdown a couple of weeks ago, and may, maybe that the diet that Gabe Kapler had them all on uh, oh, just stopped working. Not enough protein. That could be it. You know, we should introduce tight shirt to to Gabe Kapler. You oh, guys would I, those along, conversations. You guys would get along so well. You guys who is that? Talk, Who's Gabe Kaplan? Yeah. The, okay, he, uh, 16th president? He used right. to do um, a um, bunch of stuff on uh, television for uh, gambling. Right bu- uh, right before oh. Grant, and, yes. and it was after William Henry Harrison. So before Obama? Yeah. Yes, before Obama. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, no, Gabe Kapler, manager of the Phillies. Oh, okay. Yeah, friend of the show. He follows us on yeah, Twitter. Really? He's a huge freak when it comes to nutrition. No kidding. He's like you. In the whole nine years. I'm sure he's I've like, met you him. You know what is? You know what? He's like you in 20 years. Oh, wow. That, that That's who Gabe Kapler I'm is. I'm excited to see how he he's, looks He's then. you in 20 years. He's got to be yoked. He's tall and thin. He eats okay. a lot of meat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that he does. does he? Actually. You don't get that ripped if you don't. <laughs> I don't Let's think go back he does. to the Gabe Kapler blog. I think he's a lot of the impo- Yeah, he blogs about food all the he's time. He's way oh, yeah, more yeah. into it than Tyshirt. Yeah, Ty- no, that's but, fake news. Uh, I that's don't know. who Tyshirt wants to be in yeah, twenty years. Yeah, exactly. That that that's, won't ever happen. That's you should aspire to be as Gabe Kapler. I aspire to inspire, so I will. Yes, I mean you can read. He he's got stuff there that I don't even think is real foods like you. You know, <laughs> you did you ever try Kamut yet? No, Kamut's not real. It's a thing. It's not real. It's, it's a type it's of grain. Real. That yeah. guy's more ripped than Ripley's. He, wow. When are you going to bring us some nice Kamut? Yeah, why don't you bring some Kamut in? I'll cook some then for you guys. Yeah, yeah I'm in. Oh, you can't, you can't just buy it? Something like I can't go to like... Yeah, we can't trust it if it's cooked. I can't go to like Burger King and say... You know what? I, I, I trust Thai uh, shirt. Thank you, Mike. No, it's... I, I like want the quarter pounder Kamut. <laughs> no, uh, with some Kamut sauce. Yeah, I like to cook my food. I don't like people cooking it for me. Kamut, oh. Do we need to talk sauce. about that story last night again? That was a bad story. No, we can stop. But tasty with Gabe Kapler and the Phillies lying down for anybody they play, uh, that makes it easier for the Rockies. They now have the lead again, as I said, by a half game over the Dodgers. Dodgers in the second wild card position right now because the Brewers in the first wild card, but it doesn't matter. They are in the playoffs. They clinch tonight, so they're going in at worst as a wild card. They're still only a game back of the Cubs. In the NL Central, so really now the final wild card spot is coming down between the loser of the NL West, the Dodgers, Rockies, or the St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals have been stumbling like crazy. Dodgers still have a game lead on St. Louis, but it is just a game and a half separating all three of those teams. St. Louis losing tonight puts the Cubs in. Cubs eventually would win their game in extra innings. A little bit of controversy as uh, some were wondering if a foul ball taken away from Anthony Rizzo was going to be develop into a Bartman likes. <laughs> Although that would require a shortstop that was normally sure-handed failing to do his job and then a pitcher throwing a temper tantrum like a five-year-old yeah. and forgetting how to to get his work done. Uh, I don't think all those things were going to converge again, but either way, it made for some interesting moments, but it, the Cubs are in as well and certainly hear the panic button now being hit in Los Angeles. Well, I'm going to hit the panic button myself because I am worried – that agendas are going to prevent Jacob DeGrom from winning the Cy Young Award. Tonight? What, uh, what do you mean agendas? Agendas because nobody votes with more agendas than baseball writers who vote for Cy Young MVP. It's always, this is my interpretation of things I'm going to ignore. That's what everybody does. I don't think so-and-so should really even be a candidate for this award. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. That's how many people vote in when they vote for baseball awards. Jacob DeGrom tonight in what is likely his final start of the season. Eight scoreless innings for the Mets. Mets beat the Braves 3-0. He will finish double digits in wins. He will finish over 500. He lowers his ERA to 1.70 for the season, which is insane. It's almost a full run lower than Max Scherzer, who in theory would be his next best competition for the NL Cy Young. Max Scherzer's had a nice season. You know, 17 wins, ERA of two and a half, and 300 strikeouts. That's a really good year. Most years, that's enough to win the Cy Young, and he's won the Cy Young before. Not enough to win it this year. 
Not when DeGrom is doing something that no one's done in the history of Major League Baseball. Not just 26 consecutive quality starts, right? 26 consecutive quality starts is something. In these 26 consecutive quality starts, he has limited opponents to a batting average of 190. In these starts, meaningless games, he has hit 170. So he is almost hitting as high as the batting average he's allowing to the other teams. You know what I think is important here, though? What's that? I think we'll remember Jacob DeGrom more if he doesn't win the award. We'll remember the greatness of this year because it'll be, look at all the greatness that he achieved and he didn't win the Cy Young. I think it's a better story if he loses. What? No, because really, if you can't give him the Cy Young, then it'll be make you really mad. You can't. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Because the Cy Young is not most valuable pitcher. If it was most valuable pitcher, then okay. I get Max Scherzer because clearly this team was playing was playing better. But two five three eighteen and seven and thirteen three and three hundred strikeouts, yeah, but, six strikeouts per walk. But guys, and have the done same that. batting at batting 18, average against seven is fine. Twenty nine consecutive starts of three runs or less. Something that nobody in the history of Major League Baseball has done to get past the quality starts. Twenty nine straight runs of three runs or less overall, not earned runs, just three runs. Nobody has done that. In the year of the pitcher, when Bob Gibson had an ERA of 1.12, then they had to lower the mound six inches the next year. Bob Gibson didn't do it. Nobody else did it previously in Major League Baseball. Not through World War II when b- the best players were were overseas fighting. Not in the dead ball era of Major League Baseball where Ty Cobb would lead the majors in home runs with eight. That has never happened. You're talking about over a century of Major League Baseball and nobody has done it. If the guy can't win the Cy Young doing this, what are you giving out the award for? You got to have the wins too, Jason. No, you you got to. You have pitchers you have, have no to have control 15 over plus wins. wins. No, you don't. You pitchers have don't, to. Pitchers don't have control. We, this happened when good CC, ones do. When CC Sabathia, well, when they, good they play pitchers on good take teams. the mound, normally they win, right? Uh, when they play on good teams, play, pitchers don't have control over wins. They have no control over how many runs their team scores, right? They have no control over that. We saw finally voters realizing that when Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young with 13 wins and CeCe Sabathia was the only pitcher with 20 a few years ago. Hopefully that's the case because clearly the award is for the best pitcher in baseball. Who's been the best pitcher in baseball this year? DeGrom should win for both leagues. That's how good he's been. He's at least a Cy Young winner in the National He should League. win for both leagues. He should leagues. win for Just both leagues. Just give them both I, MVPs. Yes, I, I am, I'm okay I am curious to see how, how well he places in MVP voting, and, and I don't say that. Tongue in cheek, nor do I do it to kiss the ass of Jason Smith. I am just saying it outright. He has had a dominant year, and and I really would love to argue against you in this in this way. The only real argument is when we're talking about competitive nature of teams and vying for any type of division title and what have you. Uh, in the end, we're all we're talking about a bunch of also rans who are at the top of the leaderboard, so it really doesn't matter in that regard. I guess they were more competitive later into the season, so you, you, I guess you can make that argument to a small degree. But we look at all the the teams, like even look at the Dodgers when you start going through their their stats, right? How many? How much have we talked about the bullpen woes throughout the season and the number of wins that that's cost guys atop? Their rotation along the way. Kershaw sitting at nine and five with a two five three. How many times did the bullpen uh, butcher pretty good starts that he'd had along the way? You butcher! You're a butcher! 
Well, I've also heard it brought up over the last 24 hours. Remember yeah. when they brought Kike Hernandez in to finish oh. a game? That's a game you kind of need now. You could close for the Mets, Kike but, Hernandez. But you go all the way through. There's decision points along the way. When we, we talk about the NL Cy Young Award, it's awfully difficult not to just say, all right, Jacob DeGrom, here's your hardware. We're not going to discuss it any longer just based on a full season of dominance as much as I'd like to go after and say, hey, Scherzer's your guy, and I like the 300 strikeout number because it's nice and round, mm-hmm. right? Just like the 300 wins that we'll never see again. Yeah. I like those numbers, hallowed numbers in baseball lore. But Jacob deGrom's numbers, that and it's kind of funny because it gives you a small victory that you will clamp onto like nobody's business, like a, <laughs> like a dog on a, on a soup bone. You know what the funny thing is? If you want to say, okay, let's look at DeGrom for MVP, right? Let's say you want you want to do DeGrom for MVP. Uh, I would almost guarantee you that the Mets record in games he has pitched, you would not see a big difference. You would not say, boy, in games he pitched, look at the Mets right. They won so many more games. No, I, I don't think you're going to get that big uptick in uh, – I think it may look at, hey, you know, you take DeGrom away from the Mets, they actually have better records in games he hasn't pitched because they never scored runs for him. I mean, to be 10-9 and nine is one thing, but I mean, look – uh, they, but that's his problem. No, it's not his fault. It has to go they were, against him. They, they were 13 he and 18. on the Mets. It's not, yeah, well, that's not his fault. You 13 and 18 in that. games he pitched. 13 and 18. I mean, that they have a better record in games he hasn't pitched because they just don't score for him. It's insane. I mean, every start he had this year was a quality start except for one. He had one non-quality start April 10th against Miami. And know how many runs he gave up? Four. That's when you, know, you guys the more, were 11-1. and one. Four. Yeah, the more I yeah. thought about it, give me yeah. back my dollar. Yeah. About. Wow, look at you. Oh, yeah. Now you're backing away now? <laughs> you don't support it now? One start where he gave up more than three runs. And it I was just four. want to do something that's going to enrage you. Because, I mean, the Jets have taken away all the joy. It's, it's trash. It's hard. Look, Syracuse I mean, just, just, is going to get boat raced this week, just, so maybe that'll No, that'll, no, no. We play, come on. Clemson, they got a new quarterback in. We're going to win that. Yeah, yeah that new quarterback. Yeah, it's not gonna <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Coming up next, got a big story out of the National Football League. We got more on the end for Bryce Harper. This is Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 35 years ago today, the release of Shout at the Devil, and I still vividly remember going home one afternoon after I walked home from middle school listening to Shout at the Devil, and my grandmother asked me, what are you listening to? And I said, Motley Crue, and she said, oh, that's kind of funny, like, you know, the name of the band. What song are you listening to? And I said, Shout at the Devil, and she went, oh, that sounds like a horrible song. <laughs> Sounded like a religious revival. So, what do you yeah. got going on there? But it's shout at the devil. Like shout they're at yelling him. at the devil. They're yelling at him. They're yelling at that the devil. That was the cell job. They, they were yelling at Tommy Lee. Well, they were yelling. kind of a big deal. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yeah, that is right. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. That is great news. Great news. Now, when you look back at the first three weeks of the NFL getting ready for week four as we get into tomorrow night, Minnesota and Los Angeles, yeah. Rams, the overarching story that has been throughout the league is that, that the Bears are in first place for the first time in over like 1,400 days. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, that makes the, that makes the Browns' time without wins look like nothing. 
Yeah. But the overarching story that everybody is interested in, obviously there's the big national headlines for the players. Everybody's in, in, interested in their own team. And they all want to see a better resolution to the roughing the passer penalties, which have been rampant the first three weeks of the season. The NFL wants to cut down on injuries, so we knew they were going to change the way people could hit the quarterback, and and many teams were going to be unhappy because penalties were going to be called that defensive players and coaches didn't think were penalties. Through the first three weeks, we have seen a number of sacks of the quarterback that look very normal, where the quarterback is not injured and flags are thrown. Clay Matthews, I think, is going to retire and join the Alliance of American (laughs) Football if they get him for one more flag. Textbook tackles where players are rolling off the quarterbacks are still getting flags thrown at them. We had Jay Glazer on the show Monday night, said he talked to Clay Matthews after Sunday's game. He said, I don't know if there's a place for me in this league anymore. I mean, that's how big a deal it was for him to say that. It's one of the biggest defensive stars in the league the past decade. But now when he was least, in pitch perfect. It, he too. was. I got nothing. I got nothing. The Green Bay Packers, you're out. But here's where things may turn a little bit. Yesterday, we brought you the story that the NFL Competition Committee wants to get together and take a look at the roughing the passer penalties and, and see if they can figure things out better because certainly nobody is happy with how these are being called. I get it. I get that the NFL is doing this. I get why they're doing it. They're worried about the future of the game. They're worried about keeping players healthy. When quarterbacks miss games with concussions, they're defenseless players a lot when they're throwing the football. They want to take care of them. They've taken care of the wide receivers as far as being hit defenseless player. Now they're moving on to the quarterbacks. But help could be coming for the defensive players from a very strange place because the last people you would think to stand up for the rights of the defensive players and sacking the quarterback are going to be the quarterbacks themselves. Well, we've already heard from Rodgers. We've heard from Roethlisberger. We've heard from Kirk Cousins. And now we add a couple of more. You, you mentioned the number of roughing the passer penalties, 34 right now. There were 109 all of last year. Keep that number uh, in check. Derek Carr, who was – sacked by defensive end William Hayes on Sunday. Hayes, in trying not to land on Carr, and obviously you you go through and you try to evaluate exactly what he's doing, still uh, a lot of his 300-plus pounds landing on Carr, but planted in the turf and tore his ACL. Derek Carr talking to Michael Gelkin of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Quote, I wish the guy would have just landed on me instead of tearing his ACL. For him to tear his ACL, nobody wants that. I don't want that. Deshaun Watson also commented on this. I'm cool with it because I want to be safe and sound, but at the same time, let's play football. This is what he told John McClain uh, of the Houston Chronicle. Quote, it goes both ways. Some of the times when the defensive guys are trying to hold up, they get hurt. I'm the quarterback, and I'm being honest with you. Let the guys play and see how it goes. You know, and I'll even go to the to the nth extreme. And this is more extreme, but how many quarterbacks have you heard say, "I like to get hit once or twice"? That gets me into the game. I mean, you've seen, you've seen many guys. You know, I like getting. I need to get hit a little bit. Uh, you know, to to feel like I'm getting into the game and I'm not nervous, whatever it is. Because sometimes you see that guys fade back to pass, and when they haven't gotten hit yet, they're not as comfortable. Not saying that all quarterbacks would love to get hit, but there is that philosophy out there. The fact that you have quarterbacks saying, "Hey, listen." We need to do something because the players are trying. Look, like, like, look, Derek Carr and Deshaun Watson are saying it. Listen, n- no one is trying to take my head off. No one is hitting me illegally. No one is trying to do something that they shouldn't be doing. No one's leading with their helmet. There's not a rampant issue of this going on. D- 
defensive players are trying to adjust, and you got to come back. You got to help them out a little bit. It's 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 this philosophy. If you have, let's say, a teacher has a kid that's not doing well in school, right? And the teacher tries to bring him along and says, "You need to be doing this if you want to do better in school. You got to do this. You got to do X, Y, and Z." And it's really hard for the kid to do it for whatever reason. But eventually, the pl- the the teacher enough finds a way to motivate the student. Listen. You got to do X, Y, and Z. You got to do X, Y, and Z if you want to pass. You got to do X, Y, and Z if you want to pass this class. Or you got to do X, Y, and Z if you want an A in this class and you want to get into Harvard, whatever it is. Eventually, if the student tries, the teacher meets you halfway and says, okay, you know what? I can't say you tried it, but you didn't do good enough. So I'm sorry. You're still failing this class. Well, you can't if it's math because you're still not getting the answer. Well, that's true. Yeah, math math is tough. Uh, but if it's something else, at least right. you know the teacher would say, "Hey, you're really giving an effort. I'm going to help you out a little bit." And that's all I'm asking the NFL to do is just help the players out a little bit who are trying to do. The- if they weren't trying to do the right thing, I understand. I would say, "Okay, this is where clearly the NFL has to put with an iron fist on this because it's say we're about player safety." But the, these players are trying, and they're frustrated. And it's not like Clay Matthews is frustrated, and he gets called for the flag against the Vikings. The next week he says, blank you, and he's hitting guys leading with his helmet saying, if you're going to penalize me, penalize me for a big hit. They're still trying, and it's I don't know how much longer they'll try. I really don't. No, it's all about the, the learning process. For Clay Matthews, the, the last hit, right, he's taking them all the way to the, the ground. I guess what they're trying to – uh, implement is you hit him and try to knock him and think that he'll fall down. But if all he does is backpedal, now you've still got a live ball. So we start going back to discussing in the grasp and what that means and if it comes back and all of that along the way. I, th- I think what's interesting in all of this is the most egregious hit that we've seen was that Aaron Rodgers hit in the same game that wasn't flagged when he was thrown down like a rag doll. Uh, and it, it nothing came of it, and then you have the Matthews penalty rolls up. But we're talking 34 penalties thus far for roughing the passer. We had four on Monday Night Football. Ben Roethlisberger even said, "Look, I sold one." Yeah, I mm-hmm. did. And yeah. He's just very, you know, matter of fact about it. Going, look, if this is what's going to get me a call, I'll take your 15 yards. I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> and certainly, Roethlisberger, a guy for all his career has been an extend plays and take mar- far too many unnecessary hits along the way. But in the name of player safety, that's what the NFL is still going to be able to just hang their, hang their hat on say, look, we're trying to make it safe and keep the stars around. Even if in the moment we have a number of calls that you disagree with. And I think that's one of the other things I'd love to sit down with Mike Pereira or, or some of the other officials that have now gone in and, and tried to become Mike Pereira part 2.0 uh, and say, out of those 34, what are we talking? What's the number that shouldn't have been flagged? Because I, I think we can isolate the Clay Matthews and and get all enraged. But out of the 34, did they get 30 right? I mean, I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I, I can only go back and watch so much tape. I, I, don't, I haven't seen a supercut of the 34 just yet. <laughs> Someone wants to do that, have at it, and send it to me at Swollen Dome, at How About a Fresca, and we'll take a look-see. But I, I think that's in the evaluation process. The number is staggering, but I'd still be curious to see in the final evaluation, not what the NFL thinks right now and and the people that have decided this because they're backing and sending out the Clay Matthews as a textbook, this is what's wrong. I want to know from the other officials how they interpret the, the rule and where the number of 34 right or wrongs are. 
And, and that's where the players, you know, you talk about that, looking at what that number is going to be. The players have to realize this rule is not going anywhere. It's not like we're going to fight it, fight it, fight it, and the NFL is going to say, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. No, you can see because they keep pushing this rule along, They are. this is here now. It's not going anywhere. The best you can do is try to figure out a happy medium or at least let the NFL come to you a little bit. This rule is not going to go anywhere. you got to fight. You got to figure out something with what it's at right now. It's a new order in the NFL. Well, that body weight part is really the, the wrinkle to it all, right? I think yeah. we can all agree on, on all the other parts – to the equation in terms of what's a legal hit and sack of a quarterback and what isn't. It's the body weight, especially if you hit him flush. And that's the thing, I think, which incensed everybody on on the Matthews play and certainly on the William Hayes play, right, because he's coming over the top of him. It's a lot of body to try to suddenly wing around. You're not a gymnast, right? You're not doing a dismount uh, in terms of hitting him. And if you don't drive him all the way through, as I described with, with the hit, that Matthews had, what's happening? Most quarterbacks are strong enough to just keep backpedaling off a hit like that. So what, the play extends, and now you're a defender laying face first down the ground and the quarterback's still dancing in the pocket? I don't think the NFL wants it going that way either. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Coming up next, we could wave goodbye to Bryce Harper in Washington playing his final home game as a national tonight, most likely. We'll tell you why you can't give that guy $300 million. That's coming up in a minute. But first, here's what's trending with Deb Carson, D.C. Gentlemen, we have a new leader in the NL West. This is a swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers 7-2, to and in doing so... They put the Rockies in the first place in the National League West. They're celebrating tonight in Denver. That's right. Diamondbacks radio with a call. Rockies blank the Phillies 14 zips. So the Rockies are now a half game ahead of the Dodgers for the division lead. Brewers edge the Cardinals 2-1 to clinch a postseason berth for the first time since 2011. And with the Cardinals loss, the Cubs had already clinched a playoff spot when they walked off the Pirates 7-6 in 10 innings on Albert Amora's game-winning single in the 10th. So Chicago remains a half game ahead of Milwaukee for the NL Central lead. The A's have gone final at Seattle Athletics with a 9-3 win over the Mariners. Yankees lost to the Rays 8-7 Tampa Bay. It was the Braves losing to Jacob deGrom and the Mets 3-zip New York. Brave shortstop Dansby Swanson has a partially torn ligament in his left hand. He's out for the rest of the regular season, but will be reevaluated next week for his availability in the divisional round. Red Sox and Orioles split a doubleheader at Fenway. Indians beat the White Sox 10-2. Blue Jays topped the Astros 3-1. And Toronto's John Gibbons managed his final home game as Blue Jays skipper. He won't be back next season, guys. Thanks, DC. There we go. They play a big farewell for him in Toronto for next season. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. So tonight, we watch Bryce Harper play what is most likely his final game at home as a member of the Washington Nationals. Harper was very emotional. He got to the ballpark extra early today. He was in his uniform four hours before the game, ready to play like he was at Little League. It oh, that's awesome. that's Little League picture day right yeah. there. You got your hair. You've been mm-hmm. practicing your stance in yeah. the mirror. You're ready. Maybe you put the eye black on early. Uh oh, maybe maybe you went to sleep in the eye black. Might have kept wearing it. Wear a uniform on the plane like Anthony Rizzo. No, that's that's a good the good move. I like that. Now, 
earlier in the show we've talked about how, look, the Nationals missed a chance to make their trade. We told you that Bryce Harper was going to be gone during the All-Star festivities and the Home Run Derby. It's clear that the Nationals are going to move on. Reports out of Washington today say they want their outfield next year to be Eaton and Robles and, and Juan Soto. And Bryce Harper is ready to move on. He talked about it as much, saying this could be the last time. You don't talk about being the last time doing anything if you're not sure it's the last time. So both sides are moving on. And Bryce Harper mainly is moving on because, look, if you're the Nationals, you've seen his best for six years now, seven years, and you haven't gotten to the World Series, and now he's going to want $300 million. The image of having Bryce Harper is better than actually having Bryce Harper for $300 million. All right, now follow me on this for a few seconds. The image of Bryce Harper is, boy, this guy, this guy, Mike Trout, best player in baseball. Not even close. All right, what Bryce Harper does to inflate his value is he walks more than anybody because pitchers are afraid of him, and rightfully so. The guy is a phenomenal hitter. He walks a lot, walks more than anybody in baseball. 129 walks coming into tonight, the most in the league. And you throw around, this is what people used to do with Barry Bonds and what Barry Bonds used to do, and you go crazy over Bryce Harper, how good he is. But you have to realize that this is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, this is the first year of his career he has driven in 100 runs. First year. Has not driven in 100 up until this year. Had 99, 99 year. a couple years ago. But this is his first year at 100 where the best players – are driving in 120, 125 every year. But shows you how crazy that that season was with this 99 RBI because 42 of them were driving in himself. Right, yeah. it was was, 42 home run, 99 RBI. That is the strangest stat line that you're coming up with. That's a leadoff hitter. It's like Dave Kingman used to do, except instead of hitting 330, he would hit 203. You leave Dave Kingman alone. We got Gorman (laughs) Thomas and Dave Kingman in tonight. This bump for that. That's there a lot you of go. Runs and strikeouts. Yeah, no question. But that's his one year, and he still didn't get to 100 RBIs. He has an injury problem, an injury history. Three seasons now, almost half his time, he has missed at least 40 games or more during the season. So you know he's injury prone, and he's only 25 years old. He's not quite the superstar he's been made out to be. He has hit under 250 two of the last three seasons. Mike Trout's not doing that. Right? Many players aren't doing that. If you look at his splits, his home run and RBIs, he's a 25 and 80 guy. Now, I'm going to be generous with Bryce Harper. I'd be generous because he has missed time. Now, obviously, that goes into it. That fixes and, and lays into how good Bryce Harper is because if you miss time on a regular basis, that's kind of who you are. But I'll inflate his numbers a bit. He's a 20 and 80 guy, average for his career, and hits about 270. I'll make him a 30 and 90 guy. Just I'll, I'll I'll give him five more home runs and 10 more RBIs. Right? I'll do that for him. So he's a 30 and 90 guy. You know how many 30 and 90 guys there are in Major League Baseball this season? Coming into tonight, there were 18. And there were four. The Dodgers <laughs> have seven of them. And what do we have? Like another four or five guys that, that are, are knocking right on the door. Yeah, they probably will get there before the weekend. One home run away or two or three RBIs away. So you're talking about over 20 guys in Major League Baseball that can do what Bryce Harper does. Except Bryce Harper walks more. He walks 25 to 30 times more. Is that worth three hundred more than $300 million a year? I can't do that for Bryce Harper. I can't do it. There's guys who have been more consistent, driving in more runs, giving you more production than Bryce Harper does. He does. The walks are great. But you can't quantify just the walks by saying, well, it's, it's an on base. When there's two outs... 
in the first inning and Bryce Harper has walked and the next batter pops out or grounds out, that's not that's not a run. It's not like all these walks go into runs. Bryce Harper's not getting walked when there's runners at first and third. Bryce Harper's not getting walked when there's first and second and nobody out. Bryce Harper is getting walked when there's two outs and nobody on, there's one out and there's a base open, or something like that is happening. That's when Bryce Harper is getting walked. That's because teams are pitching around him for that because I don't want to have to throw a pitch that results in a home run when I can pitch around him. The image of Bryce Harper is much better than the reality of Bryce Harper. If I could get him for less money, yeah, I'd be into it. Look, Bryce Harper, still, I told you, he's a fantastic player. I'm in for any guy who's 30 and 90. But can I commit to him $325 or $350 million? No. The Marlins did it with Stanton for a year and realized, well, we got to get out of this. This is not helping us at all. Hey, good luck, Yankees. Go ahead, take that contract. That's not going to work out for me. Bryce Harper is overrated. Well, looking at it on, on the larger scale, you're you're talking both from a production standpoint and from just straight economics. You're looking at eight to ten years at thirty-three to forty, right? Escalating at the back end of the deal when he's probably broken down. We've talked about the the plays and in the outfield and and throwing his body up. Yes, I know there's always been the question of loafing on on weak pop-ups and whatever as well. So you have a few of those mixed in. But the the larger scale, when we looked at pitchers, hitters, both the same, all those long-term deals end up being bad in the back end. And for Harper to have as many injuries as he's had, plus you talk about the overall production and missing missing time and the OBP is really the one you hang your hat on. That's great. He scored 101 runs coming into tonight. So that gives him a top 10 finish in runs scored. That's that's not what you're paying a guy 35 to $40 million to be. And you played at 76% capacity this year. Pretty good team. Didn't dominate. But is Bryce Harper a guy that that's moving the needle for you economically in that regard? Ticket sales all the other stuff, the ancillary stuff in, in terms of your marketing and sales. I would venture to guess that money's better used elsewhere. So the deal that they would have had on the table back during the All-Star break of looking at and towards the trade deadline of Cleveland knocking on the door and maybe a couple of prospects and roster fillers, you know, looks that much better uh, as you get towards the end of the season and all the would-be you know, waving goodbye to him today that they were going to do, except the the game ended uh, because of rain early. Dave Martinez said, hey, we had it all planned. We had it all planned. We were going to take him out in the whole nine yards, let those 29,000 adoring fans say goodbye. Uh, uh, they've, they've said goodbye, and they probably did a long time ago. <laughs> they probably did a long time ago, recognizing $30 million wasn't getting them over the over the hump. So it's time to move forward. Uh, it's, it's, we're going to say goodbye. Are you sure? Yes. No, it's, it's time. We're, it's we're, a we're, final. We're going to go That's say right. goodbye. That is an absolute final. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. Coming up next, a big quarterback decision that shakes up at least half the country. I'm so excited. Oh, Tim, I wish you were involved. I'm very, very excited about I know, it. I know. Just keep rehabbing that wrist, Tim. I love it. Ah, uh, me too. Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Take off your uniform. Take off your cleats. Take off your jockstrap. We actually did watch Silence of the Lambs tonight in studio. You did the dance and everything. No, and no, I, I did not do the dance. You may have. That is fake news. 
Spread falsehoods. That is that's fake theater news. of the mind. Fake news. A dancing. Fake news. Dancing Jason Smith reminding oh. me of Chris on Family Guy oh, when he did that. Fake news. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. The two biggest quarterback stories of the day and maybe decisions of the week allegedly have gone down. In college football, that undefeated 4-0 Syracuse team. A juggernaut. Takes their act on the road this week to face Clemson, who they thumped last year. And Clemson will have a new quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, freshman, highly touted. has come in, moved the team a lot the first four weeks, taking over for Kelly Bryant, who was the starter all last year into the college football playoff. Bryant has announced he will transfer from Clemson. Says he didn't like the process. He did everything. He did that not was trust the process. Him. No, he did everything that was asked of him, and and they still won't allow him to be the starting quarterback. So now Kelly Bryant will be leaving Clemson, and Trevor Lawrence will start against that hungry Syracuse University defense. Like in every other job, you may have been well prepared. There may be somebody just slightly better and prepared. That's, and look, and that's and, the, and I get it's a shocking it's a life story. cycle. And the best news is that Kelly Bryant can go someplace else and transfer right. and still play because he only played in four games. I love the new rule that's allowing players to say, okay, you know what, he can go somewhere else, doesn't have to get a permission from the coaching staff. He can just go transfer now. So it's perfect. He gets to go play. And, you know, it's funny we heard the Doug, Doug Gottlieb promo here a couple minutes ago about – the downside of transferring to go play someplace else because you're viewed differently because you had to leave school to go play someplace. And I understand that part of it. You're, you're, you're different. People see you. Are you really going to, you know, what kind of player are you? But there's two options Kelly Bryant has. Stay and be a backup and finish your eligibility or go someplace and actually play another year. I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's kind of it's the same thing with Jalen Hurts at Alabama. He can either stay at Alabama, and that's great. You're still an Alabama quarterback, but you want to play in the NFL, so you got to go play. You got to go find a place to go play where you can be drafted and actually get to the NFL with a chance to go play. If that's your goal, you have to play. I know you may seem like you're damaged goods or other team, but you have to be okay with that because the the alternative is not playing and not going to the NFL. So it's pretty easy. Well, this is where you go and conveniently bring up the Tom Brady thing of the battle. Not that he transferred, but, you know, the sixth-round pick and, and was usually the better quarterback but because of names and, and what yeah, because Drew Henson was the – he, he was the, oh, he was the guy they, they had to, to kiss his ass, so it became yeah. a problem, right? You look, look at it here is you, you've played well. You, you see the writing on the wall. I mean, he's not, not a dummy. He sees what's going on in film review. It's obviously been a long time coming. So go and figure out how to finish off your career. I mean, there's no shame in that. And any talent evaluator that's saying, ah, I didn't go and, you know, he wasn't able to stay at Clemson, you know, that, that guy's not going to be long for his job if that's the only way he's evaluating things. It's, it's better that, you know, Bryant decides, hey, this, this isn't for me. I like the competitive nature of saying I'd rather be on the football field playing than being a backup. Yeah, but the bottom line is nobody wants a part of that Syracuse. No, defense. there's no oh, question about Dino. I didn't know you needed to go Voldemort. <laughs> Dino Babers does not know. sound like Voldemort, <laughs> unless the, he does. The, I don't uh, know. I couldn't. I couldn't pick his voice out. No, he no, he doesn't. He's oh, you, you want to <laughs> see? Go 
on YouTube and find Dino Baber's post-game speeches after big Syracuse wins. It will make you want to go play for him. Oh, no, I, I've heard the yelling. That's the one with his shirt off, right? Yeah, oh, no, no, he keeps his shirt on. Got to oh, keep our composure! No, 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 Dry no. humping guys is something that I feel very strongly about. Oh, it's been a long time since yeah. we heard that from you, Mickey He does Calloway. a lot of that. Very nice. How about that? Whose house are... Oh, no, you get... You get him going, man. You get Dino going. Can't do it. The other quarterback decision in the NFL looks like it's been made as well. WFLA in Florida reporting that the Buccaneers are going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick over Jameis Winston to quarterback this week. It's not official. The players haven't been told yet, likely because Tampa Bay, look, they want to be smart. We're we're gonna we're not gonna allow you to prepare for one quarterback. We're gonna allow you to prepare for two quarterbacks because clearly Jameis Winston would be an option in theory. But they stick with Fitzpatrick, and that's got to be the right move. And the one thing I get, we talked about that, but here's something different. I don't get the the blind, hey, we got to go back to Jameis Winston. You know, Jameis Winston has been okay. He's living off his first year at Florida State, which was off the charts. Since then, he's been okay. He was okay as next year. When he got to the NFL, he's been okay, and he's not dynamic enough. He's got problems off the field. So suddenly to go, well, Jameis Winston got Jameis is not putting up 35, 40 touchdowns a year. Jameis is a 25 and 17 guy. You know, that's who Jameis Winston has been. He doesn't run. He's someone that stays in the pocket for the most part and throws. And he's not been dynamic. If you tried to slot him and say, if you could pick any quarterback in the league to quarterback your team, at what point do you take Jameis Winston? Right, so this is putting every, this is putting in Winston, what he's done, how old he is compared to the age of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know, twentieth. I yeah, like I have sixteenth. Yeah, and the, and I have him sixteenth, and I did him a favor because I automatically have him ahead of Darnold and Rosen and Allen and Baker Mayfield because I haven't done anything yet. So I automatically have him ahead of the rookies from this year, even though you probably want to have one of the other guys. He's the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. You could say, hey, do I want him? And I got him over guys like Eli, Alex Smith. I mean, I I did Jameis Winston favors in this, and he's still a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. You're looking at a guy, what, seven games last year with 299 or more passing yards. We've seen the completion percentage go up. He was up near 64% last year, but still not making it go. 19 touchdowns, 11 picks in his 13 games played. Todd Munkin has the offense rolling with Fitzpatrick. And, yes, his willingness to just wing it downfield is one of the things we love. The man has no conscience. But eventually that's going to catch up with you. It hasn't fully yet. And the the stats, certainly there's a little bit of padding in the back end of that game against Pittsburgh on Monday night. But they made it competitive, made Pittsburgh sweat and pick up some big first downs to finish it and finish off that three-point victory. But for Jameis Winston, you sit and wait until Fitzpatrick completely throws up on himself. And that might happen this weekend against the Bears. He's got to be ready uh, ready for action for sure. But after this week, then reevaluate it. But he certainly doesn't walk right back into the building into his job. Even if he has a bad week this, you got to give Fitzpatrick one more. The first player in NFL history to throw for 400 yards three weeks in a row. He gets two games. I'll give him two games. If oh, that's right. Fitzpatrick better than DeGrom. That's, that's right. When we're talking about historic whoa, things. Whoa. And a better beard. Whoa. Well, yeah. I, I mean, between Connor McGregor and the Boots Electric comparisons, we got to win. For Mike, I'm Jason. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, my buddy Ben Maller, who is going to push Jacob DeGrom for the Cy Young. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.